Well, are you recording? Are we doing it? Okay, I'm recording now. Is it happening right now? Oh, it's it's happening. It's fucking on. <laughs> Skype. Can't see you. No, you're there. Anyway. Am I? Could not be me. <laughs> this is our... I'm... Oh, sorry. I was going to start. See, this already sucks. <laughs> this is trash. I can't see you. You can't see me. <laughs> How am I supposed to know when I can interrupt you? I already do that constantly and it's really annoying. At any time. I've actually tried to be more conscious about that. Um, in re- and hopefully it's gotten better if, if the fans can tell us. I feel like I interrupt you constantly. Whenever I listen to our show, I'm like, Maddie, you got to shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? I think it goes both ways because we just both get excited. (laughs) All right. Well, as long as it's mutual. Anyway, I'm Maddie. I'm Mary Ellen. This is our inaugural long distance episode. Yeah. I hope it goes okay because this is the only option that we have for recording apps for the moment. Yeah. I'll just have to like live in a shed outside your home. Oh, that's that's a great point. Actually, that would be fine. So, yeah, let's do that next week. But anyway, um, (laughs) so the next two movies that we are going to talk to our wonderful Let's Watch Two Movies crew about are. Oh, by the way, that's the name of this podcast. I guess I can put the theme song in there. This is Let's (laughs) Watch watch Two two movies. Movies. Watching movies is fun, but why only watch one when you could watch two and hear The two movies are the Vivitch. As it's culturally come to be known. AKA The Witch, a New England folktale. Is that the full name? Oh, I forgot that it had like oh, a. It's yeah. something corny. And then the other one is Ex Machina. And these are both movies that are about female characters in patriarchal systems that seem inescapable. Mm-hmm. And those female characters. Uh, I guess I won't spoil the end of either movie, but, but you if could, you're I, you could sort say... of culturally aware of, of what these movies represent, then mm-hmm. you, you kind of know the arc that we're looking at. And I, I think they have really similar arcs, and they came out sort of close together, like within a year from each other, and, and I definitely compared them a lot at the time with my with my friends, but I never did it officially anywhere. So Yeah, yeah. And I, for me, like, I... I didn't put these two movies together until uh, Maddie and I were brainstorming one night about which pairings we could do next. And as soon as she suggested this to me, it was really cool um, to conceive of these movies against one another and to kind of look at um, their different approaches and, and sort of the role within them of your kind of central female character dealing with a lot of um, anger and a situation that's out of her control and trying to find her way throughout that with a lot of like aggressive or controlling characters around her. Um, Yeah. And like controlling paternal characters for sure. There's kind of like a dad figure in Ex Machina and like a actual dad in, in the witch. Um, And then other characters sort of wanting to help that that female character and failing in their attempts to help or, or seeming like they should be helpful, but like, unwittingly fucking it up in some way right um so i see a lot of similarities there and another key similarity between the movies is that both of those female characters 
are kind of like a cipher for most of the movie. Like you don't really know what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of Ex Machina hinges on that in a compelling way that we can talk about when we get to it. For sure. But, um, in the witch, the main female character is named Thomason. It's set in Puritan historical, like mega historically accurate Puritanical times. Like they went out of their way to make this as accurate as possible except for the fact that there's magical realism but well, sure. whatever <laughs> well how, how do we know that's inaccurate maddie we weren't no, there it's a great there could have been witches great point witches, witches are real and i forgot about that and <laughs> satan is real hail satan and we but love- um what was i saying oh so thomason is like a total cipher yeah i feel like yeah but sure. but also potentially an audience stand in uh, the character that the audience is invited to relate to and i think the reason why people like this movie is because people put a lot of themselves into thomason yes i mean i i think that's can be effective but um we are both not as into this movie as like everyone else we know sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) i've already been yelled at for this like people took me to town yeah just because I, I was like i liked captain america civil war it was fun didn't really like the witch and they're like are you saying the witch <laughs> is worse than captain america civil war i'm like i don't think you could actually compare like what those movies are trying <laughs> why to didn't do. we pick those two movies because those two movies have so much in common like right. captain america fighting sure. against the system uh-huh. having to like worry about dads and stuff and dads like, everywhere rdj's honestly dad. we need more movies about dads yeah, I keep saying that on the show. I'm like, you know what we need? Another movie about a dad who lets down his family yeah. and fucks stuff up. Yeah. But I mean, is that what The Witch is about? It's complicated. Well, for one, I want to say that it's clearly Thomason, the main uh, female character. It's clearly her story. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah, the yeah. very first shot we get is a close-up of her face, her reactions, and the last shot we get is the same thing except obviously Mm -hmm. she's been through this whole journey so you know what maddie was saying about us kind of intending like it's intended for us to put our own emotional experience onto thomason um and that's made really clear i think from the very beginning yeah yeah and i i think that's something that worked really well for a lot of people that we know it didn't work super well for me Mm -hmm. i don't really know why i feel like this movie has all of the component parts for something that I would really enjoy. Yeah. But then you put them all together and I'm like, this recipe is is bad. And I don't know why I think that. And I, I'm going to try to figure it out. But something I said at the time was like, I had a lot more fun talking about The Witch than actually watching The Witch. Because yes, I went yes. to see it with like five friends. Um, and then afterwards, we all just like went and ate French fries for like five hours and talked about the witch the entire time. And Great it choices. was amazing. Yeah. And I felt like their takes on the movie were so much more compelling than the movie that I had just watched. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Like you all are getting so much out of this experience. But I don't really feel like any of that was present in the text. Like I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that you all felt this way about it. But I... Yeah feel like the actual movie is not there's very little there there i think yeah and I, well i feel like um like very little happens like we're gonna cut for yeah. spoilers at some point in this podcast but like i don't know what we should say before we get there because this movie doesn't have a ton of plot 
and there's a there's a huge plot reveal in mm-hmm. right in the beginning. Yeah, within the first like three to five minutes. Yeah, or so. It is well, okay. I forget. So within the first five minutes, we see that there is a witch. So yes, yes. But before we get there, we'll say the this family, um, Thomason's family, lives in a puritanical enclave mm-hmm. and her dad like literally like puritan times not like yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah not the um, adjective yeah <laughs> right <laughs> the adjective and the noun yes um, they get cast out because of really vague reasons and yeah. the most we really know is it set forth in the opening scene in this sort of like social trial where the dad is accused of being sort of vain and prideful yeah and he's, he's like going, going ag- against yeah. laws but we don't know what laws right go ahead i don't know i'm interrupting you too it, much already it's, it, no, it's okay <laughs> i'm doing the same thing it seems like um whatever he's done he believes in following a different line of like religious practice um right that but he we feels... don't know what the differences are no we have no idea and I barely understand what puritanical worship is like to begin with because yeah. I don't know enough about it. Well, so. I, I have some understanding, like um, as like one uh, sociology text I had to read in school was um, the uh, Puritan work, work ethic. Um, or sounds fun. It was. It's actually really interesting. This is um, <laughs> Weber. Um, highly recommend. It. I mean, it's a little dense, but it's it's interesting. You highly recommend it, though. You <laughs> highly recommend maybe, it all maybe, of our listeners. Maybe like a really peppy summary. I'll do like a peppy <laughs> summary for everybody. But basically, it talks about early Calvinism and um, what that was about. And I wouldn't say this family's Calvinist because you kind of hear a little bit of their perspective on religion um, throughout the movie, and it's like it's. It's, it's a little vague and then kind of, I don't know, it, it doesn't seem purely Calvinist to me. But um, back then, the religious belief was that your like destiny, whether you're going to heaven or hell, was determined like from the beginning, was already predetermined before you were born. And you basically had no impact on it, whatever you did. It was just sort of like there. Um, and so all you could do was just work and not have any fun and pray all the time. And like hope for the best. That was their religious perspective. Right. So like very different from maybe a modern Catholic perspective where you could still be forgiven. Right. There's there's the constant like I'm going to do confession and like a lot of people probably their modern understanding of like a deeply religious person would be based on that, at least in the States. Right. And so I think I mean, I think there's a little bit of Calvinist influence on this family because you like so much of their fear comes from the fact that they think they are already like predestined. Like they think right. that they're put into certain certain circumstances and regardless of kind of how they act or what they do, those are their, like what they'll be doomed to. Right. And there's no, I mean, that's something that definitely sticks out to me in this movie because I keep thinking that it will operate according to modern religious logic where yeah. it's like, can't they pray to a higher power and then something good will happen they'll be forgiven but this movie doesn't operate according to those rules and that's interesting because it's different from horror movie rules too yes Yes, because a lot of modern horror movies if the characters 
figure out what's going on and mm-hmm. appeal to a higher power. Maybe that higher power is the cops. If it's a horror movie that's like pro cops in some way, or maybe that higher power is like some other authority of some kind. If that character can get there, usually like the final girl or whoever, yeah, yeah. then they will be safe. But they, you have to kind of like establish what the rules of the horror movie are and be like, this character is going to get out and do whatever and escape in this preconceived way. But mm-hmm. in this movie, all bets are kind of off when it comes to that because there's really no set rules for why bad things happen to people in this movie. Yeah. And that is really alienating to watch. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a Calvinist horror film, which is is, is very <laughs> unique um and kind like it's there's something to be looked at there. It's interesting, but it it is kind of annoying because it feels like <laughs> It's like, well, there's like nothing you can do. Yeah. Like you can try to get out of your fate, but right. you're fucked apparently. Right. And so it feels like it feels oddly straightforward. Like they set it up from the beginning and then what happens is what you think will happen. And then it's done. Yeah. But what's subversive about that for from the viewer's perspective and what is uncomfortable for me about that is that I keep expecting it to be like a horror movie that makes any fucking sense. Yeah. So when I watched this movie and this is the second time I watched it. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, actions will follow logically. Like yeah. this is a movie, a character will do something bad and then they will be repaid in kind yeah. or a character will do something good or try to do something good. And maybe they will be repaid with with something bad happening or something good happening like an action will occur and then another action will follow it right that is not how this movie works no it never stops like upsetting me as a result and i mean upsetting me from like a narrative standpoint not a horror movie standpoint yeah what i'm saying i do know what you're saying um and i think like it it almost reminded me of like game of thrones stuff (laughs) um do you see where i'm going with it though I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Do you mean just because, like, bad shit keeps happening and you're like, why am I still watching this? Because that's how I feel about Game of Thrones. Kind of. Well, Game of Thrones, it was originally like, oh, my God, this is so revolutionary because, like, even people who are doing the right thing and being good people who we think are the protagonists, they die. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I think that was interesting at first, but when it just keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening, you're like, no, this isn't surprising. This isn't engaging because I, you know, how am I going to, I don't want to get invested in any characters or any kind of storyline. I don't see any growth in any of these characters. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's weird. And so, so that's one read on the movie is just kind of like as a subversive horror movie, which I think is a potentially complimentary take, even though it's, it's something about the movie that I think makes it uncomfortable to watch. I'm sure the director would tell me that's intentional. Yeah. Director well, and writer. And, and I, I'll say too, if, even if, if it is that like subversive horror movie, it's a subversive horror movie with really flat characters. Yeah. It, yeah. I and mean, a lot of we, conflict that doesn't pay off. Yeah. Because of the exact reason that we just said, which is just kind of like, sometimes bad things happen and there's absolutely nothing you can do to prevent them. It's kind of like, there's not really a lesson in this movie, but if I had to extrapolate one, it would be like chaos reigns, you know, like the, and it's, and it's external chaos. It's chaos that has, is sort of presented as being internal, like an internal family drama. Yeah. But is also simultaneously like, also there's external chaos affecting this family that they yeah. can't really control. Man versus nature, basically. Yeah, kind of. So yeah. I, I guess let's drill down into the story because we haven't really yet. Yeah. Um, so after this family gets cast out due to the dad being prideful, whatever being that means. Yeah. 
Um, but we don't really see him being a dick. And I think that's important. Like, we really don't know what the deal is. Like, I feel like like a different movie would show us that, you know? Like, yeah. We, we really have to take on faith. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, like, things aren't, that the dad is a dick. Like, we, we kind of have to just assume that. But anyway, well, I think um, I think we also get really important little bits in the beginning because we get Thomason's reaction and the little boy's reaction and the mother's reaction. Um, and the mother just kind of like seems just cowed and just follows along. And Thomason is really reluctant to leave. Yeah. Um, and so from the beginning, we get kind of an indication of these relationships and of an internal conflict with the family, which I thought was smart. Yeah. And I think it's made clear. I mean, it's one of the few things that is made clear is that it was a mistake for them to leave. Oh, hell yeah. That was like the dad's big fuck up is that he he took his family out of this town and thought that he could move them to a cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere next to a huge woods. Um, And he thought he could plant crops by himself and you know they're completely separated from their community so they can't baptize their new baby Mm -hmm. um and that's something that causes a lot of early anxiety for the mother character and um well he keeps he keeps making that mistake too like he has multiple chances to go back to ask for help um and it's always his pride getting in the way Yeah. yeah um so that's sort of set up and even what's weird also about this just from horror movie structure perspective is that it already starts out bad like usually a horror movie gives you like at least a couple minutes of the characters having a good time you know like you are lulled into a false sense of security in the first five to ten minutes of every horror movie and this movie like right out of the gate we see thomason looking really scared and then her family is instantly cast out from society like it's stressful from the jump you know yeah and i mean like even like the shot of them leaving on the little wagon or whatever Mm -hmm. and the violins oh my the strings are going crazy (laughs) and so it's not like wow i I wonder if this is a good idea how this will play out it's like people are gonna fucking die like no the filmmaker is being like this is the worst idea anyone's (laughs) ever fucking had they're driving into their doom you should be very upset yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I was I the first time I saw this, I had trouble with it because there's so many jump scares. But like yeah. the second time I was able to actually just watch the movie and be like, OK, like there really isn't any chance to calm down in this movie. No. That's just not how this movie there's works. no ramping up of tension. It just starts no. out like really hype. Yeah. So anyway, they move in. I can't remember quite what order this happens in, but like how soon does the baby disappear mysteriously? Does that uh, happen right before we see the witch? Or like when real, do we see the real witch? Soon. That um, all happens like semi-simultaneously. It happens in the trailer. Like it's not, there's no way it's a <laughs> yeah. spoiler. Um, Guys, there's a witch in this movie. It's called the witch, but they're, it's not going to be a fucking Cloversfield situation where they wait a long time to show you the witch. You uh, get to see her. What a legendary movie. Right away. That, yeah, that's the movie by which I compare all the horror movies. I just, <laughs> you I'm know, just like comparing this could be more like Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Honestly, Cloverfield, I'm cool with that movie. I'm, it, people honestly, people not can bad. go ahead and take a shit on me for thinking that, but no. I, I think that movie has cool parts. We should do Cloverfield at some point. We should. That would be fun. Let's do we it. should do a monster movie thing. But um, anyway, uh, so we see the witch right out of the gate, and then well, first, so the so what the baby goes missing because Thomason, our main character, she's a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I don't know if she, how early she's like treated like shit either. Um, 
but uh, she's playing. I pe- feel like all the kids are kind of equally treated like shit right out of the gate, and because, then she's like, particularly treated like shit, right? After, yeah, but they kind of all are. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe worth noting is that like that you know these kids don't have a lot of rights. Everybody in this family is kind of fucked. They all have to f- obey their dad, even right. though they don't want to. Which is historically accurate. Yeah. I mean, children, yeah, yeah, yeah. children were seen as like cheap labor and not like it, like our perception of children in the 21st century is very different from, you know, how it used to right. be. These children are treated like objects and they're also treated like adults in some ways, which yes. is really, really weird. Yeah. Even by the movie itself, the children, and these are like child actors who are all totally under 18 i'm pretty sure thomason is yeah and but, very good too yeah th- i thought all the kids were good but yeah. like the movie treats them like adults who can make adult choices about what's going to happen in their lives yeah vis-a-vis witchcraft <laughs> and other choices like they right. are treated narratively and by the other characters around them like adults basically yeah, yeah. and they're um, born with sin yeah which is <laughs> calvinist that's calvinist well i, it, yeah. I mean it's christian too um, but I've been baptized, so I'm I'm okay. Maddie. Cool, thank God. I yeah. haven't been, so I'm fucked. Well, I'll miss you when you're burning <laughs> in hell, I guess. It's um, cool. I've got a plan. This movie's got it all laid out for me. <laughs> yeah, that's you do get to do like drum circles and shit. It's predestined. So. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um but yeah, so Thomas is playing with the baby. Uh she's making a big mistake. She's peekaboo, you guys. Mm-hmm. Classic, don't play peekaboo with a baby don't fucking scene. do see i can't even make that joke because this movie unlike <laughs> other horror movies where it would be like don't do this with a baby it's it, it, there's no it doesn't matter it doesn't fucking yeah, matter that baby's like, dead as soon as she it could comes be on doing the scene. anything with this baby yeah. and regardless of what she or anyone else does the baby is going to be stolen by a mysterious satanic force right and it's a healthy male baby too which is especially Mm -hmm. rough Um, a cute baby too oh my god well i immediately hated the witch because what happens is baby gets stolen in like two seconds in a way that's like clearly impossible like she looks up in the woods or like a mile away and the baby's in no sight yeah Um, and so it, it does seem magical yeah it's creepy i mean it's effective that's why they used it in the trailer um and then we go to a witch clearly um and the or at least like an old naked crone yes we don't know if she's a witch (laughs) okay just be a weird lady who you know who knows just a weird lady who has the power to steal babies really fast she she was like a marathon running (laughs) just like hermit (laughs) who just wanted to um get a baby but yep guys what does she do with the baby this baby's adorable it's all like softly lit she's like rubbing his belly and i'm like look at this baby this baby's gonna get hurt oh yeah that is gonna happen yeah and then she and then she like holds a knife up to the baby cuts to black and then she's mushing up like red viscera Mm -hmm. and putting it all over her body lotioning she made the baby into blood lotion yeah she's like churning it like a butter thing yeah yeah so immediately i'm like oh fuck this witch (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm not like so. Like, there's some movies where I think it'd be more interesting to have an ambiguous villain. Like, we could be like, oh, the witch is kind of just letting people kind of uh, like perpetuate their own downfall. But like, right. like well, chopping up a baby is pretty. No, I know it's really fucked up. Okay, yeah. so let's get before we cut for for spoilers yeah. because I don't know how much more we want to do here. Yeah. Well, I mean, before it's, we it's get into all the twists and turns. Yeah, it's a um, short enough narrative that we want to, you know. 
say yeah i don't i don't want to spoil all the twists in case people do want to see it but before we get there i will say there is also a read of this movie that the entire thing is metaphorical and that the witch represents um sort of puritanical fears of you know womanhood and coming of age and like it's established that thomason has only recently gotten her period and like what does that mean for her and should she be sold off to another family and Mm -hmm. like that's an ongoing thing and there's a lot of like blood imagery in this movie yeah like you know especially around heavy-handed menses metaphors and like apples being referred to and then seen and like you know eve and the apple and original you know, sin you know and shit. you guys know and so like there's a lot of that and i mm-hmm. get that that lends a lot of credence to the argument that the witch is completely metaphorical but you have to do a lot of extrapolating in this movie to make that reading because yeah. on its face this is just a movie about a family dealing with a witch nearby their house trying mm-hmm. to kill them and everyone they know or love. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what this movie is. Right. So that's either a literal thing that's happening or it's purely metaphorical. But, like, it doesn't seem metaphorical, really, because they literally interact with, like, magical things occurring. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and I heard this argument... Um after I watched the movie the first time and said I didn't really like it from, from like mega fans and then mm-hmm. um, try like tried at some parts of the movie to kind of imagine that like, okay, let's, let's say I kept trying. Yeah. Yeah. Let's imagine that the witch isn't here and that the, this is all paranoia and imagination. It really like, it doesn't work because so many of, so much of the plot is moved forward by their response to something the witch does right or like magical occurrences that so then i was like all right so it's metaphorical in a structural sense like it's not that the characters are imagining the witch it's that the witch itself is a metaphor for a larger thing that's happening in the narrative do do you know what i mean like yeah it's it's everything in the movie becomes a symbol at that point and honestly that's extremely not my shit when it comes to art but, but I, I understand I, that that's a reading of this movie that you can do where you're just like, none of the, the movie is literal. It's purely a series of symbols. Um, Thomason is a cipher because she is a symbol of teenage womanhood that is co-opted by everyone around her. And mm-hmm. like her father sees her in a certain way. Her mother sees her in a certain way. Her brother, etc. She has no agency. It's just how other people see her as this sexual, dangerously sexual being. And like, right. None of that is her doing. And the witch is just another representation of that in her life. And like, eventually she's like, all right, I guess I either am going to become the thing that everyone is saying I am or not. And like, that's kind of her arc. And I think that's the version of the movie that the people that I know who like it liked about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the version they saw. I feel like when I see it, I don't think that that's like good enough and i yeah I'll try to get into why i think that when we get to spoilers but i can see that reading and i just don't quite think there's enough there yeah you know i and so i'll say if for me if i'm trying to look at it from a totally symbolic totally metaphorical angle where there is a witch but it, it doesn't matter it's it's kind of the right, core of exactly. the story yeah 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 i feel like it just it doesn't have enough meaning or it doesn't like make any statements um yeah 
for that to be true. Like if this is all symbol, like usually you use symbols and metaphors when you're trying to, you know, get a message across. And I don't think there is a message. I don't either. I don't. And if there is one, I don't think it's internally consistent, which no. really bothers yeah, me. Yeah, it's very muddled. Because there's, well, I mean, this is slightly spoilery, but there's also like kind of maybe multiple witches and yeah, yeah. they could maybe represent different things. And then it's also like, what do these multiple family members interactions with the witches mean? And like, what sides are they taking? And right. also, is God even real in this universe? Like, those are a lot of questions that we don't really get answered. Yeah. And so... I, I think what also bothers me, I'm going to say it, you guys, you guys know me. Um <laughs> If you're okay, look. If you are talking about the mythic witch as it exists in American history, there's no way you can do that and not have a, a greater understanding of the gendered like stuff it represents in the cultural kind of like background of that. Um, and Maddie and I read the same interview, and the guy was like the a director writer whose name I fucking forget um like something eggers i'll look up his name um joe eggers i don't know um dave eggers just kidding it's not oh my god (laughs) he's a busy man um and and he was like you know i didn't intend for a feminist message but it's sort of robert eggers robert shout out to rob um he was like i didn't intend for a feminist message but it looks like it's kind of risen up like unintentionally yeah and you can't fucking do that like you have to have a knowledge of what you're doing the only reason i think people can read a feminist message into it is thomason is a relatively blank character and Mm -hmm. anything having to do with witches comes preloaded with with gender you know ideology yeah so it's kind of like this guy accidentally created a story that could be good and interpreted <laughs> as having a feminist message but it could also be interpreted as just being a depiction of chaos yeah ascribed to female i don't know yeah yeah and i mean i read a bunch of different interviews with this guy um and the main message that he had going into this movie was that he's very skeptical about religion and puritans um and basically wanted to create a criticism of that and be like see how wacky this is and like see how wacky these perspectives are and like he read all these old puritanical texts about like witches and people's perspectives on them at the time and was like this is a horror movie according to their worst imagination of what it could be like you know and yeah that that was kind of what he went in wanting to make and then i think accidentally made this sort of potentially feminist tale but considering that this movie is predicated on being about the worst fears of what puritans had at the time Mm -hmm. like that's the fact that it's about you know the idea of a girl becoming like self-sufficient in any way like that's i guess horrifying (laughs) but i don't know that this movie is like victoriously presenting that i think you really have to stretch yeah well i think if you wanted it uh, and this is what i thought originally i thought it was going to be kind of a critique of religious religious paranoia and yeah i don't even know if it sticks the landing on that no because if you wanted that guess what you can't have a real witch well is the witch real oh my god mary ellen okay we need to just cut for spoilers because we've already like spoiled so much would you would you recommend this would you recommend this i I guess I would, but only as like a, if you're a film studies person who wants to see a really fucking weird horror movie that kind of breaks your expectations with what you would think a horror movie would 
be. Yeah. But I don't know that it's, I would recommend it by being like, this is a great movie. I'd be like, the witch is really weird and slow <laughs> and does a lot of the same things as other movies that I really like, but is does them in a really strange way. And if you enjoy films, you might enjoy it from that perspective. Also, it looks beautiful. Yes. I'll say that. Yes. That's my main like compliment for this movie is that across the board, I think it, it looks astounding. And it... I don't feel that way about the audio design per se, like mm, or the yeah. writing necessarily, but yeah. I think it looks great. Um, so that that goes a long way in a movie. It yeah. looking good. I mean, look at the Revenant and how many awards it got. Shoot. Yeah, and this movie, I think I also. Hate the Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be clear. I think this movie did well on like the festival circuit because I think people were, you know, taken with it in that context. Yeah. I mean, it's, kind, I it's, it's kind of art film meets horror sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I can see that. Um, cool. Would you recommend it? I would say, so I went into this originally with high expectations because I heard all Me this too. like, it's feminist text and it's, it's pure, like, same. Cool. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> if you want to watch this movie, you've never seen it before. Like check your expectations. God. Yeah. Um, maybe don't look for like really deep, like gender theory. Um, and I, I agree with Maddie. I think stylistically, visually, it's really good. Um, it creates it, the music is a bit much. I was complaining about like the crazy strings. I, the start. I'm not I'm not wild about the audio editing and the decision to have right. everybody speak in old English is like tough an intentionally alienating thing. Yeah, but... I had to rewind and go back a lot. Um, but I will say I, I, when he's chilling out with the audio, um, there's some really good like atmospheric Mm -hmm. um building and and stuff like that i think the acting is really good especially the child actors they like the boy in that one scene you probably yeah. didn't talk it really impressed me um so if all that is great um i would say though if you're looking for some, some kind of like emotional attachment or looking for some kind of like intellectual analysis to puzzle over i mean i think or like what's what's that what's the name of like the greek tragedy feeling that you get catharsis yeah if you're looking for catharsis which you would normally get when you're watching a horror movie yeah i don't think this movie necessarily offers it like i think, I think so, it yeah. does i think it does for some people who watch yeah. it and, and sort of take what they want from the ending yeah but when i got to the ending i was like i don't know if this ending is saying that i think that i don't want to dismiss the whole movie mm. no no i don't either because i i think it means a lot to a lot of people yeah and i also think it is kind of valuable to make a movie that has a main character who is a cypher who i didn't think was unlikable no like i compared it to neon demon when we were talking before because that movie is also like a horror movie um that has sort of a cypher main female character. And I, yeah. I didn't think that really worked. Yeah. But in this movie, I think Thomason does work. Like yeah. you do relate to her and I wish I related to her more. I don't really know what my problem is, but I get that other people well. watched it and were kind of like, I can extrapolate my own experience with being put upon in life and, and put it into Thomason's experience. And that's all the narrative I need is my own personal thing that I'm putting into this. Yeah. You know? I think, I think a lot of the people who really like this movie, I think they're creative, intelligent people who can kind of ascribe meaning to symbols because oh, yeah. when there is room to do that, I think people absolutely can do that. And that's great. I wish I could see your version of the movie. I'm sure I'd like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I think it's worth seeing. And I, I think a lot of our listeners are big fans and they're probably going to be sad that we aren't, but whatever. I mean, we are continually disappointing. And if you <laughs> didn't realize that by now, listening to the show, I'm sorry. You got to just like get with the program. Yeah. That should be yeah. that should be our show's like motto. Let's watch two movies. We are continually like, disappointing. disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're putting out an episode. I feel like people should be Listen. patting us yeah. on the back for that. How great right. is that? Spoilers. Spoiler time. Can a movie really be spoiled? Does knowing the plot really ruin a movie? It's sort of a philosophical question. Just figure out what you want to do. But if you don't want to know the plot, turn this off. Right now. Okay. Um, I don't remember what happened. I remember. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> oh. After the baby disappears, they, like, freak out and look at the woods and stuff. But they clearly don't. We see the baby get mashed up. Yeah. Uh, and so immediately, morning after, um, Thomason has, like, a little nightmare. And we see brother of Thomason. What the fuck oh. is his name? Um, I don't know. Billy Bob? I don't know. Yeah, little Billy Bob. He's check- <laughs> he's checking out her cleave while she's sleeping. So he's our- looking at his sister's boobs, you guys. Which, like, Again, this is like five minutes into the movie. <laughs> be- and we're we're kicking it off with a little bit of healthy incest. <laughs> well, and to be to be fair to this kid, he's like 12, 13. No, I know. And he ha- there's no other women in his vicinity. It's right. sort of like a... You know, this is what happens when you take your teenage children and, like, put them in the middle of the woods and tell them that sex is evil and, like, that they're not allowed to have any feelings. I mean, I'm sympathetic to this kid, but it's also, like, this is his arc. This is his whole arc with Thomason is that he kind of is sexually attracted to her and is scared of that and is like, fuck, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm a child, but I'm also, like, about to hit puberty and so is my sister. And That's a, unfortunately his arc. Yeah. Well, there's this whole thing is like sin as characterization. Like mm. the dad is pride. The boy is yep. lust. Uh, the mm. mother is wrath um, and a little bit of envy. So it's, yeah, I would say like envy for the mom, especially at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then the twins are annoying. I don't know. <laughs> Nuts? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah. So and then he goes downstairs and his mom is like, like praying and won't get out of bed. And it's just like freaking the hell out because she's so devastated obviously over this yeah that baby. her baby has disappeared which is like a really creepy way to yeah. lose a child like it's very unfulfilling like it's not even like a death it's right. like what the fuck happened because i imagine back then and the father even says like this is our first child that we lost like it's it yeah. was a very typical thing to lose young children um yeah and they have four kids well five with the baby so we're all healthy um yeah so they are lucky in that sense and so he's kind of trying to position it as like this is the first time we've lost a child but like to supernatural bizarre causes right so... like and they blame it on a wolf um yes. which like well, top... because the dad at first is very skeptical of ascribing any supernatural meaning to what's occurring to them yes 
or yeah. for most of the movie actually he for like 75 percent of the movie he's like it's not a witch it's not the devil there's other things that must be going on we can figure this out yeah which i guess is a symptom of his pride but again we really can't ascribe logic to this because yeah. it will drive you insane like i kept trying to be like wait so if so-and-so did something wrong is that the form of sin that that's why they're getting punished but like those things just instantly break down i don't know if you tried to do that too i did all. a little bit i did a little bit well and for me it was like uh maybe he was in such denial because it was like too fracturing to his identity and like because he is a hypocrite about and thomason later calls him a hypocrite about like other people's sin versus his own sin um and so i think it's fracturing for like his perception where it's like no 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 i won't get punished for the things i do but other people deaf will so like I don't know. I guess that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he does. He and he starts off his one of his first of many hypocritical acts. Well, actually, we don't see him having done this. Yeah. Um, he took his wife's silver cup, which I think they said was like her dad's and was from England. Yeah. They're all they, immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's like a memory of a happier time for her, for yeah. his wife. He took this precious silver cup and sold it so that they could get animal traps yeah. to put in the woods because because the family's starving and he's been trying to plant corn, but the corn is going terribly because he like sucks at planting corn. Idiot. Um, and is a fucking idiot, I guess. Yeah. And um, also like you can't fucking just go in the middle of nowhere and plant a cornfield and expect it to go fine. When Maddie, you're, like... don't tell me what to do. Jesus. <laughs> this is Maddie calling me out How for all the time. How do I convince you to stop Listen. trying? <laughs> What else do I have going on for me right now? Okay. Guys, backstory on this in. podcast. The reason why Marielle and I aren't in the same state is because <laughs> Marielle pridefully insisted mm-hmm. on moving next to some woods and yeah. planting some corn by herself yeah. with her family. And I keep being like, it's honestly a really bad idea and I don't get it. And you just won't come back. Guys, but whatever. Honestly, like there's fungus all over my corn. You know, it's inedible, <laughs> but God will provide. I know this. Okay? Bible says. So this dad steals this fucking cup. Hold on. The director also (laughs) noted that it's important that there's fungus on the corn because he's like, maybe they're crazy. Yeah. Because he's like, maybe they're crazy because of fungus or something. Oh. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No, that was in one of the interviews. He's like, yeah, it was intentional that um, fungus is on the corn. Oh, so like they're eating fungus and that's why they're... Okay. Yes, I, I don't know. I don't. But that doesn't explain why throughout Anything. this movie, Thomason stays relatively sane. Yeah, that's so true. So this is a movie that is actually about like a, an elaborate frame job. Oh my god, it like, is. It's like the devil gaslighting. Thomason. The devil is gaslighting Thomason throughout this entire fucking movie. Yeah. The devil and his witch, witchy servants. Right are elaborately setting up Thomason for a series of murders. And it starts with this baby because she she is not actually responsible for the disappearance of this baby. No, spoiler. uh, Well, we know (laughs) that. The audience knows that. Yeah, it's very clear. And we're on her side. Um, But her family doesn't know that because they're, you know, prone to hysteria, but also like, the murder the frame job is pretty fucking good right right the no witch is only her. doing shit when only thomason is there to see it or when only thomason is nearby and like right. that keeps happening yeah. anyway whatever Fuck. um so the dad yeah the dad <laughs> sold the silver cup to buy traps and so he's like hey son 
I, I should pro- Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb. Um, he's like, hey, Caleb, I'm going to bring you out to the woods hunting with me because we're starving because our corn is shit. Um, mm-hmm. and we got to go set animal traps and you're going to carry this enormous gun. Yeah. Um, and we're going to take our dog and yeah. our horse and everything. Just the dog the first time. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and so, the, and, but the kid's like, um, mom says I'm not allowed to go in the woods. And the dad's like, who fucking cares about mom? Uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. Pretty uh, much. And, and so, so they wander out there and he's yeah. reciting a little prayer and being a good doobie. And mm-hmm. his dad is like, well remembered, Caleb, about whatever prayer I didn't well remember. And <laughs> then they see, a, well, they set up some traps first. And the dad, yeah. I think, reveals to him, Caleb is like, how did we get these traps? And he's like, well, I took your mother's silver cup and I sold it to some traders who were passing through. Bitch. And got these traps yeah um and this is when i'll tell her later after she gets over the baby being dead good I'll excuse tell her later. um <laughs> too bad she's gonna too bad she's gonna have to get over everyone being dead like <laughs> <laughs> too bad she's gonna have to get over being dead <laughs> oh. oh shit <laughs> but this is when this is when caleb has a conversation with his dad where it shows he's like, he is, like, proud when his dad says, like, good job on the prayer, which is, like, right, he really right. believes and he wants to be, like, a good, faithful, you know, follower of I Jesus. Think, I think Thomason does, too. Yes. But yeah, 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 yeah. They both are, like, trying really, really hard to oh, be yeah. good doobies. Which, like, obviously you would if, like, this yeah. is the whole world and, and your survival is dependent on your parents, like, giving a shit and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. And, but, and they're both, like, emotionally withholding parents, and these yes. kids are just, like, trying their fucking hardest right. to be accepted. Um, God. And, but then this is... Caleb kind of breaks down. He gets really scared because he's he's really worried about his... Um, his... Fuck. What's the word again? Brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a hard day on the cornfield. I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> Um, he's really worried about his brother, Sam, the baby, because the baby wasn't baptized. And, right. And everything in scripture tells him that this means the baby's going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's been overhearing his mother crying and sort of saying things along those lines. Right. And he's really scared he's going to go to hell. Um, mm-hmm. And it, he's just frightened. And so the dad's like, chill the fuck out, basically. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. The yeah. dad is like, chill out. Like, shut the fuck up. It's fine. Yeah. Dad knows best. Right. And I feel like Caleb is also like slightly scared about the idea of his dad having lied yeah that comes more into play later but it's also like one of those moments where it's like oh my dad is maybe fallible and that's terrifying to me because i live in a system where i have to do absolutely everything my father says right and if he's wrong then that introduces complications for us like are we wrong to have followed our dad here? Cause right. this already seems like it's going badly. Like <laughs> fuck. the strings are out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, in that society, in that culture, the dad was supposed to be the stand in for God. Um, yeah. the parents are supposed to be the stand in for God. So that's what, you know, obey your father and mother, like shit. So I think yeah. if you see your dad making mistakes or fucking up, like that is a world kind of changing experience. That's going to be very frightening. Yeah, and that just keeps unraveling throughout this. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. then they see a rabbit. Uh-oh. But it's, it's a super spooky rabbit, and we know it's spooky because the violins are screaming at yep. us. Yep. And the rabbit seems like maybe supernatural in some way, and the rabbit is staring at them. And so the dad takes the musket because obviously they can eat this rabbit. 
yeah. and they're starving to death. Right. So he's he's like quickly loading the musket. You know, it's fucking 1600s or whatever. It takes a thousand years to load a musket. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as he lines up the shot and tries to aim at the rabbit, the musket backfires and hits him in the eye. Yeah. Like the gunpowder hits him in the eye. And he yeah. doesn't lose an eye, but like it's a it's a dangerous, scary moment where you think maybe he has for a second. Right. Uh, and the rabbit runs off and the dog runs after the rabbit and and the Caleb is screaming. It's it's scary because you're like, what the fuck? Why is everything so fucking high stakes right now? But yeah, it's. I mean, it's and that I guess is it. It's a good example of of doing well with I yeah mean, with kind of creating tension, even though objectively what you're just seeing is like a rabbit Nothing. and a guy trying to shoot stuff. <laughs> No, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's an effective scene. And I, I mean, I think the first half of the movie, like, works. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I will say, I, yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, I think there's things about the movie that work. I think it kind of falls apart at the end for me. But but yeah. these parts I was cool with. And I, I thought they were interesting. Yeah. Um, so the rabbit ultimately escapes. And then I think they find the dog and the dog got caught in a trap. I wasn't super clear no. on when. OK, no. that's later. Okay. No, the dog's it, fine for now. Yeah. So they come back um, and the mom's like, where the hell were you guys? Jesus, I'm very upset. Um, and because mm-hmm, the, they snuck out without even telling anybody what the fuck they were doing. Right. After like you've already had one baby here. Like what a I shitty know. dad. Um, okay, but like multiple people fucking do that in this movie. They're like, I'm just going to go. I live in a time with no way of contacting anyone and right. I could die at any time. But I think I'm just going to like go for a walk in the woods because like I'm not in a horror movie, whatever. Yeah, it's a bad call. Um, <laughs> a lot of bad calls were made. Uh, so they get back and the dad's just like not saying anything. Like the mom's like, where were you? What happened? The dad's just like. panicking (laughs) oh i guess yeah um and so finally like caleb steps in and is like makes up a story about that he thought he saw apples in the yeah he lies he He... tells a lie right um and it's like a utter fabrication right he lies about where they physically were he says they were in the valley which is like closer than the woods and safer to go to potentially yeah and he says that he saw an apple tree there and that they were going to surprise everyone by bringing back apples but that he was wrong and there wasn't an apple tree guys garden of eden look Uh, it up look Um, it up ever heard of it (laughs) heard of the bible (laughs) bitches um but and the mom an kind of softens and she's like, oh, like, why didn't you tell me? Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't even really want you to go to the valley. Yeah. But okay. Just tell me where the fuck you're going next time. What yeah. the fuck? And the I dad, wish that was how the characters talked. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot easier to parse. <laughs> but the dad kind of has a moment where he looks at Caleb and looks kind of like grateful, but also like, Eesh. you know like my yeah. son is now lying for me but not enough where he's like not a piece but of he shit. doesn't stop it from happening and he doesn't like reprimand caleb for this at any point either no and it's an interesting show of like moral understanding from caleb because for him like duty to god is supposed to come first but his dad is the stand-in for god and so it's confusing because duty to god means you don't lie but your father's in trouble and you need to lie so it's like Probably and, very... and he sort of already saw his dad lying in the sense that he knows his dad lied about the cup. So he's right. like, I guess lying is okay if we're lying to mom, like right. setting a horrible precedent. Yeah. No, um, it's, but it's yeah. Not... So Caleb's downfall is is sort of started here by his dad. Well, I think it's also started by him looking at his sister. Looking too. at his sister's bubbies. Yeah. <laughs> bubbies. Isn't that, isn't that Russian for grandmother? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> looking at his sister's Russian grandmas, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, then he goes, speaking of, he goes and joins Thomason, who's like washing her dad's clothes. Yeah. Um, and, and he's having like a little existential crisis. Like yeah. he takes this bucket and he's going and getting water from this little stream where Thomason's washing her dad's shirt. Stares and at her sleeve is, again. Yeah. Looks at her boobs and then kind of has a crisis where he's like, I shouldn't. He doesn't say anything, but he's like staring into the water and looking really scared. Yeah. And I interpreted this as like a combination of things where he's like, lust is bad. I shouldn't think my sister's boobs are hot. That's right. weird. Also, I'm scared because I just lied. Lying is bad. I'm fucked. I'm probably going to go to hell. Yeah. So he's he's just like sitting there spacing out. And Thomason keeps being like, Caleb, Caleb, are you okay? He keeps not answering her. Yeah. And she splashes him a little. And eventually he gets kind of mad and he's like, you know cut it out or whatever yeah and then, and then she, she kind of pulls him in for a hug and yeah. they sort of like cuddle and then tickle each other and it's weird but kind of cute but mostly weird well from her <laughs> from her it's coming like she we've seen her with the twins a bunch and the twins are like obnoxious fucking annoying oh uh-huh. they're about to show up in a second well mercy shows up the girl twin mm-hmm. uh but they've been running around singing songs about the goat uh, yeah they're singing a song yeah. Which is already a fucking creepy song. Well, if you listen to the lyrics, it's like we're like we are like Black Philip is our king, and we yeah, like we'll follow like him and we, we're loyal to we him. We follow him. We worship Black Philip. Black Philip is the god of the land and sea. Black right. Philip rules the sand and and the land. It's or whatever really hype, fuck. and for people who are so focused on like prayer God? and folks yeah. that, like wouldn't you notice your creepy ass twins like i guess like the mother's in mourning and the dad's a lying shit and so they're like distracted but right but black philip i don't know when we learn this but black philip is the name of this like black ram that the family owns like yeah this, this like incredible ram with huge horns and it's like a beautiful animal that they got to do all these cool tricks good uh, a plus acting from a plus Black ram Phillip. acting yeah the ram is legit great um so so i guess it's like cute that they're singing this song about the ram but also this is a movie about a witch and it's a ram so like we can extrapolate that like it's probably bad that they're worshiping a ram right there, and there's a <laughs> lot of connections in witch lore with like connections between yes. animals and witches Paganism and familiars yeah has a lot of like things with bunnies and rams yeah. and those things are just part of it all and they're just I, bad I, just stay away from them just stay the fuck away from pagan symbols kiddos yeah but these twins are far gone they're all about black philip already it's right fucking black philip up to here with them yeah which i thought was actually i thought was interesting like the youngest kids are the most vulnerable to the influence of yeah. like dark evil and I it thought that was weird. really interesting. And it sort of ties into the overarching thing where this movie seems to be positing that even incredibly young children can make a decision about whether or not they're going to worship the devil. Like, right. children as young as babies can <laughs> become part we, of we don't know. Worship. We don't know if, if Sam was worshiping the devil at eight I, months. Might have I mean, been. I mean, oh, well, I mean, that's kind of the question that Caleb has is like, is yeah. Sam already damned? And he asks his dad, he's like, did Sam do anything wrong? He's a baby. And his dad is like, he was already a sinner because of original sin and like that's crazy yeah but i mean but that that's was what this movie is saying yeah well, that's yeah. what that reli- that form of religion no i know you're right it's not crazy this movie made it up and it's <laughs> bad <laughs> listen i'm just saying i struggle with the idea of babies being inherently evil but oh, i respect awful. it if that's what your your thing is i don't know anyway um back to the back to these twins so one of the twins shows up 
Mercy shows up at the stream. Well, we and we've already seen that Thomason. She's basically like a, a secondary mother. Uh, mm-hmm. for these twins and is just overwhelmed by them. They don't listen to her. They're rude to her. Um, and she has a really hard time kind of being their caregiver. Yeah. And they're both like arrogant little shits and yeah. you hate them the entire time and they never get redeemed. So Mercy <laughs> shows up and she's like, I'm the wicked witch. And she like pretends to be riding a broomstick and she's like, I'm the witch of the wood and says all these weird things. Yeah. And Thomason is like, cut it out. You're freaking me out. And Mercy won't cut it out. And so then Thomason gets up and is like, actually, I'm a witch. And I'm going to do horrible things to you if you don't stop it. And And I killed Sam. I did disappear Sam with my witchcraft. And it's all true. And I really am a witch. And like, she seems very scary. But like, we, the audience, know she's fucking around. But like... It's kind of like, does Mercy know that? Or is Mercy just going to use this as ammunition later? Because then Mercy's like, I'm going to tell Father. But she also like seems kind of scared at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, and what I think is interesting about this scene, too, is that Thomason, like, she's joking around, but she's also really angry. Like, mm-hmm. you see some anger kind of bubbling up, and she does really want to scare Mercy. Yes, because she's fucking fed up. Yeah. I think this is the most character that we get from Thomason for, like, a while, for, yeah. like, the next 30 minutes. Right, right. <laughs> is this scene where she, like, snaps, and she's like, fuck it, you want me to be a witch, so I will be for the purposes of disciplining you. Right, um, right. And that's, you know, obviously foreshadowing. Right. But, uh for the moment she pretends to be a witch because it, it's briefly effective yeah and mercy seems scared of her at least for this one moment yeah and and runs away and stop bugging them right and then it all works out it is fine, it's fine. <laughs> and uh yeah it was a good way to show authority yes it was a very smart move well done <laughs> um so they have like a dinner a little family oh, right. dinner and this is what i mean the mom has already been kind of like visibly edgy to thomason they're at the table, and it is worth noting that these interior scenes look really good because they specifically only used candlelight when they were yeah. shooting them, and it looks so cool. Well, it's, it's neat. Yeah, and it's so it's really scary and creepy. Then you're like, oh my god, it was constantly scary and creepy yeah. back then. Like, like this is just what it looked like because right. after dark there was no other way for them to light up a room, so they have yeah. these like creepy lanterns that they're carrying around and these candles. I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool lighting. Yeah, visual. I think there's. Be more horror movies where they're like history was mad scary you know <laughs> yeah i don't i like the premise of this movie i yeah. really want to like it i Me wish too. i liked it anyway the mom at dinner just like brings up a fun convo topic where she's like hey thomason silver cup bitch yeah and thomason is like uh it's probably on the shelf and her mom's like it's not bitch try again <laughs> bitch and thomason's like it's probably on that other fucking shelf mom and her mom's like i fucking looked there it's not there bitch and thomason is like i don't know i didn't do anything i didn't do anything and and thomason seems really like initially unconcerned because like she didn't do anything didn't do anything and we also the audience know she did nothing right but then she gets increasingly nervous because she realizes that she's fucked like no one's gonna believe her because her mom is like the cup is missing i can't find it and yeah and her dad who is the person who actually stole this cup bt dubs yeah 
periodically keeps trying to interrupt and be like, she says she didn't take it, so she probably didn't take it. Don't ask me why I believe her, but I do. <laughs> it's the Don't most half defense, it. yeah. Just like, yeah, like she probably didn't do it. And the mom's like, she like did though, because nobody else is here, so whatever. And I've seen you playing with that cup before, Thomason. So I know you like it. You yeah. probably took it and hit it somewhere. And Thomason is like, I did it. It's awkward because we fucking know. Yeah. And Caleb doesn't say anything, but he can't because he's waiting for his dad. God, it's so dumb. This movie has so many moments that are like just the tiniest family drama. And you're like, fuck. Well, that's why that's why I wanted to pay off because it's like, I think it's smart if you slowly have tension building and then yeah. those then those actors are, are left to act out that tension but that i don't think that really happens not in a way i, I found either. satisfying i you you were expect i was expecting watching this for this to be a movie where thomason like snaps and becomes a witch and like kills everyone that's what i wanted so bad i want and, like i feel like that's the movie i was sold going into yeah. this but that's not what we get instead no. we get thomason constantly praying and even though she has moments where she gets angry and loses her temper with people she ultimately always falls back to apologizing and being like i love my parents i really want to do right by them and like how do i meet their absurd expectations it's impossible but i'm going to keep trying until the last fucking second yeah like she holds fast to trying for the entire movie yeah and i yeah and it's it's frustrating it's what was it I is say? it is because you want her to rebel yeah i my ideal version of this movie is there is no witch there's paranoia of a witch the whole time and they think it's thomason and then finally she just fucking snaps and kills everyone that's yeah, my ideal I, version of this movie i think that's more interesting and it's oh, yeah. almost what the movie is but it is not what the movie is no um also i think i guess maybe you're supposed to interpret that thomason is like the most righteous one but i don't yeah I then don't know, it though, doesn't make sense. she's like occasionally has flaws because sometimes she does get mad. Right. But she's not that flawed. She's like pretty chill most of the time and tries really hard and yeah. works hard and keeps like trying to do the right thing. Right. Like even when her mother is like a total shit to her, you can see she's like a child trying to reach out to her and trying to get her mother to love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like really sad. I don't it know. Is. It's fucking tough. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so what happens after this scene? Let me look at my notes again. I think the next morning is when Thomason catches Caleb trying to go. Oh, they overhear, they overhear their parents talking that night. That's oh, what yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. her mother and father are having a conversation and, try to call out to see if their kids are awake and none of their kids respond so they think all the kids are asleep but we so see dumb. Like, that, that was... literally all the kids are awake and yeah. listening to this conversation all four of them right um and so the parents are like the mother is like we need to marry off thomason she's had her mark of womanhood so that means she needs to leave and it it really just seems like the mother doesn't like thomason anymore which is like fucked up like that's yeah. how it seems well, she, and she like, still blames her for the baby and she is yep, like, suspicious she she wants to just get rid of thomason so she's like is there another family that we could like marry her off to or just send her off to be a maid somewhere yeah like, let's just get rid of her right or, like sell her basically yeah um because you know children are objects uh sure. And so Thomason, it flashes back to Thomason and Caleb, and they both look really scared. And so this is interesting, because I think Caleb's motivation here is suspect, 
because he's trying to protect Thomason, but it's also kind of established that he like sort of lusts after Thomason. Oh. So it's like he has another motivation for wanting her to stay that is yeah. entirely pure. And that is part of why he's like, I need to do something great for the family in order to convince everyone that Thomason should should stay. I don't even know what his plan is. Yeah. Did he really find out? It's hard to tell if it's like brotherly loyalty or like lustiness or a mix. I think he's trying to inwardly say it's brotherly loyalty, but I think there's also a part of it that's like, this is the only girl I know and like I just want to protect her. And like also, I kind of have weird feelings about her, but she's my sister, but I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm a child. <laughs> it's, it's stressful. You so know? anyway, he's going to take the horse out. And I think think i mean i'm extrapolating this because he doesn't say but i think he's gonna go check the traps by himself and try to catch the rabbit by himself yeah because is that what you assumed he was going to try to do yes because at the end of the conversation where the mom's like freaking out she's like we're gonna starve and she's like Mm -hmm. crying and stuff so i think he's like okay this is something tangible that i think i can do yeah is get food yeah so he takes the musket and the horse by himself and thomason catches him in the barn that morning because he tries to get up before everyone else but i guess she hears him or something yeah and so she follows him and she's like you have to let me come with you and he doesn't want her to but then eventually she's like i'll tell mom and dad that where you're going right now if you don't let me come yeah and then smash cut to them walking together in the woods so i guess that worked and they bring the horse they bring the dog and he's got the gun and yeah Mm -hmm. the whole gang is there yeah and uh that dog's gonna die so yeah i yeah. hate that the dog dies this is why God. this is why lean on the website does the dog die.com because have you yeah. ever been there i have I it's have very helpful that. um this is a this is a movie where the dog dies you guys but so does fucking everyone the horse so... i think gets out i don't know maybe it dies too but we don't see oh, the i don't one. know actually i think the horse just runs off somewhere the horse becomes a witch Crazy. i hope so oh. that would be hilarious <laughs> at the <laughs> end, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> anyway that would be a great ending it would be so um, anyway we see the bunny again and i think the fact that the bunny is like a pagan symbol of fertility is it matters because it's part of the larger overarching narrative about how thomasine is yeah. her burgeoning sexuality is an enemy and it's a problem yeah and, and a I, threat to the mother we later mm-hmm. now that's not revealed until like the very end but yeah, yeah that's yeah. part of it uh, but it looks like things are going well at first in the woods like they actually have a rabbit in the trap so they're like legit um cool. and they're like chatting and having a good time thomason's on the horse it's great yeah thomason is like remember that time when cool stuff happened back when we lived in an actual town and her brother's like i don't remember any of that but but thomason remembers all of it and it's like a cute conversation but also kind of weird well and it explains some of the some like their differing views on their father too um like the boy is is more trustful of the father because he doesn't realize what they've lost in a way right well he's younger too yeah right um okay and then they come up upon the rabbit Yes, the spooky rabbit. It's back. Yeah, the dog <laughs> shoots on after it really fast, and the horse rears up and gets really scared and knocks Thomason off, and she passes out. Right. Uh, and horse runs away. Dog runs after the bunny, and Caleb runs after the dog. So then night falls, I think. And meanwhile, back at the house, no one knows where the fuck Thomason and Caleb are. Yeah, they're like and calling out in the woods. They're like freaking out, and then. The mom is scared. Everybody's scared. And the dad goes to look for them. And he's walking through the woods and he finds Thomason first. Yeah. 
Yeah. And interestingly, he's shouting only Caleb's name when he no, finds her. Well, beforehand, they were shouting Thomas and, and Caleb, but maybe like a little more Caleb. When he finds her, he's in the midst of shouting Caleb. Uh-huh. I just thought that was like interesting yeah because i was like yeah yeah that's where his fucking priority would be oh yeah i mean he's happy to see her yeah but it's also like the beginning of another set of suspicions because it's like why can we only find thomason because they don't find caleb well what's your which you kind of realize as as a member of the audience like oh shit like thomason's in for it now because yeah yeah yeah. once again the devil's framing thomason Mm -hmm. ladies ladies we've all been there we've all been framed by the devil from time to time you know and so Thomason goes home with her dad, but like once again, she's mired in suspicion from everyone. I yeah. don't. Do we see Caleb's little arc at this point? Yeah, it's kind of intercut with Thomason getting discovered and stuff like that. But he continues. Fo- it's like a Hansel and Gretel situation. He gets lost as hell, um, and he's he's looking really scared. It's getting really dark, um, and he's got the gun with him, but yeah, he probably doesn't know how to use it. Um, and uh, what an idiot. <laughs> What a loser, right? Um, grow up, like, 12-year-old boy. Uh, oh, no. Don't worry. He's about to become a man. Oh. JK. He's about to get molested by an adult witch. Yeah. A super adult witch we can judge by her hand. Yeah. Right? Okay, so... He comes across his dog because he hears his dog, like, cry out. And it's really, it's horrible because the dog's still alive, but is like horribly I know. Mutilated. The reason why I don't know when the dog dies is because both times it happened, I like couldn't look at it or watch it. Awful. <laughs> yeah, it's really disturbing. Um, And so he's like freaked out. And then it's almost like he's kind of pulled forward by like a force outside of his control. Did you get that mm-hmm. feeling? No, I did. And I, I think the lighting is very interesting here too, because it seems like it's dark, but then when he gets to the cabin, it's almost like dawn. In yeah. terms of how it looks and it's like this creepy little cabin and then the door is open in the cabin but no one is it's darkness inside and then all of a sudden this woman appears there yeah yeah it's cool i mean there's, it is. the movie looks fucking cool like yeah. it, it just looks really cool yeah and this is yet another example of that and caleb caleb sees this and looks terrified he yes. looks really scared, but, but he, he keeps, keeps walking towards her. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and she's like mega hot, obviously. Yes. Okay. So this woman is a witch also, I assume, but she does not look the same as the crone that we saw earlier. And one but... of my friends who I saw this with was like, oh, it's all the same witch. She just bathed in the baby's blood and became young and hot. And then later she becomes old again. And we see her looking old later in the movie. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting theory. I yeah, don't know if it's intentional. That was, that was my original in- assumption because it made sense. Like, I mean, blood. sure. According to like, you know, witch logic, you bathe in a baby's blood, you become young and hot again. Classic we've all, witch we've all stuff. studied witch law. I mean, we've all bathed in a baby's blood <laughs> to sure. become young and hot again. Guys, you didn't know it, but that's, that's how we do it. That's how we that skin. and combing our eyebrows and putting makeup on. Them. Oh my God. So don't, anyway, don't um, <laughs> So anyway, she pulls this child towards her with her witchy powers. And it makes and you then feel very uneasy because she's like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Because then they kiss. She yeah. kisses him and he looks really fucking scared. And yeah. then it cuts to black. And it's 
really but, uncomfortable, but guys. But hand is on the back of it. Her hand pulls pulls his head. Right, and like it's right like before a, the cut to black, we see your hand, and it's like an old crone hand. Yeah, kind of. so it's like ooh, grody. Yep. But I, the boy's acting in this is really good um, because mm-hmm. he he looks like he's really scared. He's still moving forward. It almost looks like he knows what's going to happen. Like he's watching somebody else do this. Um, and yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's creepy, but this is another example of the witch doing something very reprehensible again. Yeah, And like, I mean, we just saw this same witch or possibly the same witch killing a baby, bathing in its blood. And now we're seeing her molest a child and, and- we don't know what's going to happen to him yet. But the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, is she going to kill him too? I mean, why not? She already killed one baby. Yeah. Um, Honestly, we don't the know. dog was, was up there for me. Yeah, the dog. I mean, also, I don't know if the witch can turn into that rabbit or what. I don't know what the deal is with that. I also- assumed it was like either her familiar, like witches have familiars and stuff or that mm-hmm. she could turn into it. I, I don't know, but anyway, there's a lot of witchy shenanigans. But yeah, the witchy witch, sh- that would have been a much better title. <laughs> witchy shenanigans, witchy shenanigans, shenanigans folk tale. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the witch is, like, not nice. in this. Like, in terms of being just a representation of the e- evils of femininity, like, killing a baby and molesting a child, that's pretty bad, guys. Like, I don't know that the feminist message of this <laughs> movie is, like, great well if if i'm gonna be um i guess like i don't know if i'm gonna be open-minded um a lot of original myths about witches came from both like midwives and abortion providers from what i understand Ah. and so there's a percent like the midwife like if the baby died or something or the mid or or, like women who gave uh, like abortions and that sort of thing so it was associated with um babies dying like anti-motherhood and that sort of thing so i think there's a historical precedent for that um yeah and that makes sense i mean people still have absurd claims about planned parenthood to this day so uh, guys i know um this is going to surprise you but planned parenthood is exclusively staffed by witches yeah and it's true do bathe in baby's blood to become young again yeah that's just like everyone already knows that so like right boring we've read (laughs) those stories god real talk uh, planned parenthood is great no they (laughs) are just want to clarify they are great please donate to them they need your help um anyway continue giving credit to this movie also like young boys feeling lust could be seen Mm. as like but why not be like a teenage girl or you know like the adult woman is a little like hey yeah it's weird and it also kind of this movie is is sort of uncertain about what it's saying. I mean, this is just another example of that where I'm like, are we placing the blame at this child's feet? Because he seems blameless in this scenario. Like he doesn't assault anyone. We see him leering at Thomason's boobs, but he doesn't do anything. He tries really hard to not be bad. (laughs) Like his entire arc is like, really trying and, and he, caleb and tr- gets fucked over by this movie yeah. and it sucks he's like, like he's, he's sincerely trying to lay out his own understanding of morality and to yeah. be the best person he can be and this is what happens to him yeah he it gets sucks. assaulted and then essentially possessed is yeah. sort of what happens next yeah and so i mean they're obviously back at the homestead they're obviously like pissed off at um at thomason um, but I think, oh, I think they, it, they forgive her at one point. Cause that's when the dad confesses that he sold the silver cup. 
Yes. Although by then it's like really too little too late. Oh my God. But eventually he's like, hey, so while we're all freaked out about another one of our children disappearing and maybe being dead, um, you're all pretty distracted. So now is a good time for me to say that I stole that silver cup. Anyways, bye. Let's move on to other more important matters. <laughs> like um, that is that's an example of something that's not important that no one should care about. Right. But but <laughs> after this, the mother is then like, oh, well, if we had this suspicion of Thomason for this and that was incorrect, maybe I should like chill out a little bit and wait and see what happens. Right. Um, and they, they ha- even have a moment where Thomason's like, I'm going to go put the goats in or whatever and right, right. the mother says she doesn't have to and then Thomason's like but I want to make you happy and the mother gives her a hug and that's the first like act of mother like daughter compassion we see in the whole movie yeah and, and it's like last. kind of a relief and like we've also seen Thomason's mom like ordering her to do chores and the chores haven't gone well for Thomas and previous to now. Yeah. Like she's, she's gathered eggs from the chickens and the egg, she accidentally breaks it and it has like a, a dead bird embryo inside. Like yeah. sometimes that can happen. Yeah. Um, and there's like another chore that goes spookily awry, but I think that might be later. She's milking the goat and it's blood. I think that's later though. Yeah. I think it is that's much like, later. Um, but there, I feel like there's another chore that she fucks up somehow, but I don't remember. Um, but like that's been established. So anyway, then she's going, she gets the lantern and she goes out to the shed and it's spooky. God, I can't remember which of the millions of times. Is this when she finds Caleb? She finds yeah, Caleb, right? It's kind of, there's a cute little scene where she's like singing to one of the goats. Um, yes, and I'm like, oh, brushing it. that's nice. Yeah. And then she comes outside and she sees Caleb up against the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's completely naked and he's like, is like falling over, barely hanging onto this fence and like clearly not okay. Yeah. He seems delirious. Yeah. And so the parents run out, they grab him, they bring him upstairs. But Thomason was the one to find yeah, him. Yeah. Thomason. Instantly, uh, yet another frame job on the part of the devil, guys. I, I really like the idea of the witch like hanging outside, waiting until Thomason goes out. Like, come on, That's man! Basically, what they're fucking doing. Yeah. I I mean, according to this movie's logic, they are framing her. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Anyway, um, so she takes her brother inside. Everyone's pumped to see him, but he's sick, obviously. So they put him in a bed and they like drain blood from his scalp because they don't know what they're doing medically. Right. And then he, he doesn't wake up right away. The dad comes up and he has kind of like an awkward conversation with the mom. I thought, I thought this conversation was really interesting. Like I, it was oh, really yeah. well acted and the, the mom's kind of talking. When I say awkward, I don't mean like the actors were awkward. Oh, okay. I, I mean like, it's a tense moment between the two characters yes, where yes. it's like revealed that the wife is, has been harboring like a lot of resentment about the fact that they even immigrated to America in the first place, yeah. let alone ended up here. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the cup is kind of a symbol of that for her because it's like this old time. And she's like, also now her kids are fucking dying More and getting symbols. possessed by mm-hmm. witches and like yeah. seems fair for her to be upset about that. Yeah. And the dad is like, I don't get why you're so fucking upset about this. Sorry I'm perpetually lying to you and dragging you around everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. They it's it's like an interesting conversation that sort of humanizes the mom who yeah. up until now has seemed like kind of a hen pecking shrew character and she even acknowledges that. Yeah. She's like 
I didn't mean to become a shrew to you. I'm like Job's wife now. I can feel myself doing it. But ever since Sam disappeared, it's like I can't control myself. I'm just paranoid and angry all the time. And I... As an audience member, I was like, I'm on this lady's side. Like, fucked up shit is happening to her. What is she supposed to do here? Like, I don't know. There's no right action for the characters to take. You know? Well, like, they try their best throughout. I don't know. It's It's almost like we we learn that each character is really trying their best and is getting fucked over anyway and that's like so unsatisfying yeah the more they humanize the characters the more i'm like but then none of this matters though because like i don't know yeah that's fine i guess to have a have characters that are that seem human and good and still have terrible things happen to them but that is the kind of movie that this is yeah i mean if you're like super into that kind of movie i you know Cool. Sure. But I mean, I wouldn't say that this is a movie that is just black and white being like Thomason's parents are patriarchal and shitty. No. And she's breaking away from them. And that's what this movie's about. And it's a victory. Right. That is really not what's being shown here. Right. Instead, it's like, here's a bunch of characters who are all really trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Except the twins. They're just devil spawn. <laughs> True. But they're also like children. Yeah, I know. Who maybe, like, get possessed, like, very early if they're singing songs about Black Phillip. Yeah, I mean, I guess they were given away to the devil very early on before the movie even started. Because no one was paying attention. (laughs) I guess so. That's why babysitting is, like, really important, because otherwise kids will just go over to the devil. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how do you stop it from happening if you, like have a goat that is the devil that you accidentally got and that's true i, I wonder know. here's a, a storyline that's never pursued when did black philip i don't become the devil no. or was he always the devil well when did black philip come to the picture i mean this movie has a lot of stuff that isn't set up at all like mm-hmm. i want like a why, I want, why uh, are the twins devil spawn like yeah. what happened to them what's their deal i want to like an out. extensive goat possession scene i think that would be cool I think so. I mean, the movie's only an hour and a half, and like, yeah, not a lot room. happens in it. There's yeah. room to flesh out some stuff that doesn't get fleshed out, and I think yeah. that is kind of too bad that it's not there. It would help. Yeah. It would help some of this stuff feel more concrete to me. I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe people like not knowing. That's that's fair too. Well, again, I mean, if if there's a lot of room left for interpretation, more people are probably going to like it because they'll be able to insert their own. No, I know. All right. So anyway, this is like the great child acting scene of, of 2016. Yeah. Um, is what we're about to see. So Caleb wakes up from his stupor. Yeah. And he's in kind With of a, a delirium yeah. Sti- still. Yeah. Sort of a hysterical scream. And he starts reciting like sort of biblical like possession stereotypical possession phrases where he's like it's inside me my bowels the sin the sin he keeps saying and like just different things and he talks about like someone's nether regions and he just like screams a bunch of weird things and he says he says animals like the crow uh, and things like that he's also covered in in little scratches too which Mm -hmm. is really creepy and cool it Um, is creepy but in the meantime the whole family has come up to watch this Right. Uh, and the twins, like while the boy's freaking out, the twins accused Thomason of being the witch and of yes. hurting Caleb. Um, and so there's a lot of tension happening. While, like Caleb's freaking out. 
the parents are freaking out because they're just scared and they're like clearly this is witchcraft mm-hmm. um and thomason's freaking out because they're turning against her so it's like very like chaotic yes um, and the twins mercy i think is this is when she reveals she's like thomason told me she was a witch at the stream or maybe that happens after the apple thing yeah it might so anyway the next thing that happens is caleb starts like frothing at the mouth and he can't his jaws clamped shut yeah he can't open it and the dad tries to use like a knife to open it or something i don't know how they get it open they wrench his jaw open because he's like choking yeah and then he like vomits an entire apple yeah which is cool like that's cool it's cool and it's also the first real evidence of something truly supernatural yeah seen by the entire family yeah that's and true. like this isn't really metaphorical for them because their son vomited a whole apple yeah so you can't really do that i mean no one saw him put it in his mouth cool trick i've done the it prestige etc i've done it i do that's like actually my best party trick it gets the dudes every time if you just like an hour before the party you want to swallow down an entire apple and then like if there's like a quiet moment or like you're talking to start screaming the sin and like writhing around yeah you're talking to some guys kind of cute you know you think maybe there's something there you just you got to start like convulsing you want to get a little bit of vomity drool getting down your chin and then yeah get that whole apple just pop that out just pop it out ideally it's covered in a lot of stage blood because that's what this apple is covered in like blood and it's really gross and creepy i mean like as far as metaphors for original sin go it's pretty good it works i mean it works you know it's scary it's a good scene um it's good scene it's good scene um But yeah, I mean, I, I, again, this is like halfway through the movie and I feel like after this is where the movie starts to go slightly off the rails for yeah. me, no, but, definitely. um, definitely. because it's kind of like, how are they going to react to this? This is proof that the devil is involved right. because well, like, there's no other explanation at this yeah. point. Well, after, after the boy chokes up the apple, it's, I mean, this is where he really goes for it. Cause he's like, it's like, he's yes. talking, he like passes out for a second and then it's like, he's talking directly to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and say, and like, is almost like taken over with ecstasy and is saying like, Jesus, like, I see you, I see your love for me. I feel your embrace. Um, yeah. and, and says like, take me into your lap, like take me blah, blah, blah. And then sh- spreads out his arms, looks like so happy and then falls back and dies. And it seems as though he has an almost orgasm as he's dying. Like, it's very sexual. And so I looked up um, this, this, like, interesting blog post about this this movie. And it was about, I I think this guy is actually, like, a Christian himself and was coming at it from that perspective. His name's Anthony Balducci, and he wrote a post about the movie. And he was talking about how this Puritan John Winthrop, his writings were, like, a lot of what this movie was based on and there's a specific prayer that was like inspired by the song of solomon which is like about you know uh, marital bliss and like having sex finally Mm -hmm. um it's like one of the few sexy verses in the bible uh and well i mean it's like explicit (laughs) yeah um and the prayer that winthrop had in his diary is essentially the same prayer that's used in this movie that he says at the end that Caleb says it right before he dies. And it's got, it's like, it's like a very sexual prayer because it has these excerpts from um, part of the Bible that is 
intentionally sexual and like the use of the prayer in that moment makes you feel like maybe Caleb is not really saved because it's like why is he saying that prayer about like this like what is happening and it's it makes you feel very freaked out yeah I I think I think like even without knowing that I was still like this is a fucking weird scene. But after looking that up, I was like, oh, this makes a little more sense. Like we, the audience, if we, if I were more familiar with the Bible, then I would be like, oh, I'm really supposed to be questioning yeah. whether or not Caleb is damned. Right. And well, I mean, I think, it's confirmed kind of later that he is, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think even the way he acts it out too, it is really uncomfortable because it's not like the whole everything goes silent behind him and he seems like manic and mm-hmm. and like like i don't like something is still like occupying his body and that's yeah of thing. he doesn't ever fully seem like himself again no he still seems like possessed and in a state of mad lust almost and yeah. it's creepy to see like a child doing this but this kid is like nailing it yeah i think even without knowing that context you can kind of draw that from it and realize that not all is is well sort of yeah but anyway then he's dead uh he's and the dead parents as hell are scared and sad and then everyone is like praying together and the twins pretend that they've forgotten the words to the lord's prayer right and blame it on thomason yeah they're like thomason's witchcraft is forcing us to forget our prayer and they start like speaking in tongues and i think that's actually happening like near the end right before caleb dies they're like writhing around and just muttering things yeah they're mimicking him as he writhes around and when caleb will shout things and they'll shout them back like an echo Mm -hmm. which is pretty creepy very creepy it's super creepy and all of these kids were probably having a blast filming this scene that's true oh that's nice to think about that's a yeah. positive thing. It was. It looks really fun. Um, but I, bet, anyway, I bet the little kids especially. Oh, really fun. can you imagine like how fun that would be yeah. to do as like a little kid to play like a creepy devil twin? Oh, absolutely. Uh, very, very meaty part. So right after this, Thomason runs outside and her father follows her. Mm-hmm. And she's very upset. And he kind of, he looks like he's going to comfort her. And he's like... Well, at first he starts to. He's yeah. like, do you remember when you know, this tree was here and and it's going to grow again and we're going to have a cow and it's going to have milk. And he like says all these kind things to her. Yeah. But then he's like, we can only have these things if you're honest with me. Yeah. I know the truth about you. Does he say like she needs to go to trial basically? I think he says that at one point. I kind of, I mean, he's like, before this also, there have repeatedly been moments when, um, Thomason's parents have have sort of met with each other and been like we have to go back to town after all because when Caleb comes back the mother the mother's like we need to take him to the doctor or whatever and they're like okay fine we'll go ask for help finally but then Caleb dies before they can even do that because they're like we'll take him in the morning but then he dies um and but I feel like there have been other conversations throughout where the mother has been like you know we need to go back and the father's been like no we can't the horse is gone now like things keep happening the devil keeps getting in their way Mm -hmm. um well the time with caleb the father says we can't go back as beggars i need to like have something to offer them and so he goes to like collect those things and so that was part of the delay was him being prideful again yeah and also being like i guess we can trade the goat like i mean they they just keep trying to come up with ideas but also it's like two days walk away because they don't have the horse anymore right 
because they keep delaying going. Yeah. Anyway, so now they're going to walk back, I guess, with Thomason and be like, she's a witch. But they can only do that if Thomason, like, agrees to go with them, essentially. Yeah. And that's what he's saying to her is he's like, you need to confess to me that you're a witch so that we can, like, all move past this because you're ruining our family by secretly being a witch and not admitting it. Yeah. And he's like, we can help you. Like, we can Mm -hmm. get Christ to help you or whatever. And she's like, the fuck? I'm not a witch. Yeah, I mean, she can't confess to something that isn't the case. Right. And right. he keeps, he keeps like, pressuring her over and over and being like, tell me the truth, tell me the truth. And she used to being like, I'm not a witch. And then eventually she snaps. And this is, like, the other moment of personality that we see for Thomason. Yeah. <laughs> where she freaks out at him, understandably, yeah. and is like, you're, you want me to tell you the truth? The truth is that you're a hypocrite. You stole the cup and you didn't confess to it until it was way too late. You brought us all out here, even though you have no idea how to do anything. Yeah. The only thing you're good at is chopping wood. Mm-hmm. And which he does a lot this movie. He does. A lot of that. He he obsessively and angrily chops wood. Which ends up to be his downfall. I mean, like kind of. Right? I don't know. It's like not even that logical, but sure. No. Um You know how chopping wood is a sin? You know how it's like prideful to chop too much wood? Maybe all the wood he <laughs> chops is on the Sabbath. Oh my god. It's like Sabbath wood, so it's evil. I feel like this movie makes more sense if we assume that God doesn't exist. Like, it it just because the character's sins are like kind of bad, but they're all praying constantly and constantly being like wanting forgiveness. But I guess according to Calvinist logic, that doesn't fucking matter. No, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, all you can um, do is like work really hard and try to avoid temptation and hope for the best. These these characters are terrible at that. So yeah. anyway, um, she snaps and and that's that's what happens. And the dad is like really angry, but then I guess kind of realizes she's right because when he drags her back to the house, literally drags her by her foot, and I'm like, Jesus. yeah. And yeah. she well, she goes around and blames it on the twins. Yes, she says it's got to be the twins and that black philip goat that we have because they keep talking about him and i think the twins are witches and the the twins are still unconscious ever since um caleb died they just went quiet and they won't wake up yeah they creepily are lying in the bed and there's a really long slow shot that you think is going to be a jump scare but isn't where it's like panning over the twins sleeping bodies yeah yeah and it's fucking weird but then the dad. There are a lot of shots in this movie that are long, slow shots that you think will be jump scares and are not. Yeah, that is a common trope in this some movie. Some of the time is effective, but other times I'm like checking my texts and like I don't yeah, know. Same. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so the dad like grabs one of the twins and starts like shaking them and saying he's gonna strike their head or something. Yeah. It's like hype. he drags Thomason in and he's like Thomason, tell your mother what you told me. And Thomason is like the twins are witches. Yeah. And, and the mother's like, what? <laughs> and then the dad goes over and starts screaming at the twins. And, and they wake like, up. Wake up. But it takes them a long fucking time to wake up. The first time I saw this, I was worried they were dead. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. Because good. I was like, why aren't they waking up? Are they going to be dead and Thomason will be on the hook for it again? Classic. But they're not dead. Yeah. They're not dead. But the dad, super chill dad of the year, reacts <laughs> by like, he's like, I don't know what's happening. And so he just takes the twins and Thomason throws them in the shed with the goat they've accused of being the devil, 
mm-hmm. and, and boards them in, just nails yep. them right in. He's like, you know what? I can't tell which of the four of you is the <laughs> devil. I'm just going to assume you all are, and I'm going to board you into this shed. Right. Great move. Like, what the hell? I don't, I don't know. I, don't. I mean, I feel like according to horror movie logic, it's not a bad idea. But for this movie's logic, it's, it will not work. It won't matter. Yes, but if, I, I mean, they've identified Black Phillip as a potential threat, so. Well, I mean, we, the audience, know Thomason is innocent, so it's unfair for her to be there. But right. if we're the dad, then, like, I don't fucking know what I would think. Maybe what I'd you just, do. I'd is... just be like, honestly, this whole shit is fucked. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to board this up and not think about it for a little bit. Um, I think that's what basically do, what he does. What he should do is get like three different sheds and put like mm. one Black Phillip, Thomason, and then the twins, and then like whatever creepy shit happens. I mean, there's these... no time. <laughs> there's Listen, no time. And he's got a lot sheds. of wood. <laughs> that's a great point, actually. Just stack up um, that firewood. At um, some point, they dig a grave for Caleb. Yeah, and they it's bury after they Caleb. Hit yeah. And it's really and horrifying. It's so sad. Yeah. And the mother crawls into the grave and just holds. like lies and holds Caleb. And she looks up at the dad who's outside the grave. And I feel like the suggestion there is that she's like, please just bury me with him because yeah. I can't deal with it. But yeah. he doesn't. He kind of leaves her there and she crawls out and goes to bed, I guess. Because yeah. the next time we see her, she's having a dream. Oh, this is so creepy. This was, I, I mean, this was very effective. I will say that. Yeah, but it's also like, what? again, I have trouble with this because I'm like, this doesn't really make logical sense. Like characters are getting punished and I don't feel like they deserve it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like now we're going to see the mother get damned, I guess. But like, why? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um. So she wakes up and she walks around and then there's this sort of creepy moment where Caleb and is holding Samuel and he's like sitting in the corner and it's like sort of a reveal, a slow reveal over her shoulder kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not a jump scare. No. Uh, it's more like the camera turning around and they're there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's creepy. It's creepy yeah. because they're fucking dead. So as hell. Yeah. They are both dead as hell and in hell. Oh, FYI. Yeah. Bad times. Get your and baby so she baptized. goes over and she hugs them and she's like, my angels. They're not fucking angels, guys. Uh, opposite, maybe. <laughs> they are devils. My interpretation, folks. though, was, was this was like Satan appearing to her. Yes. It wasn't too. like their actual souls or anything. Right. It's um, it's it's like a devilish apparition, essentially. And, and like the way Caleb's talking to her and kind of whispering um, later, Black Philip, when he talks, reminded it was like a similar tone. Mm-hmm. So that also yeah, I mean it's creepy, and so she she picks up Samuel and and Caleb is like, "Hey, mom, so I've got this book I need yeah. you to look at." <laughs> yeah, and you she's know, like the devil's book, and she's like, and she's "Hang like, on, like, one yeah, second. totally." Like I will defo sign that in a sec. Yeah, but first I need to breastfeed my baby, Ugh. and then like she's having this like lovely moment breastfeeding her child but actually what's happening is like an evil witch raven is pecking at her boob in real life yeah and she's like smiling not real life i guess metaphor life no i mean it's i mean in reality whatever in the movie's reality yes yes exactly um it yeah it's a crow pecking at her breasts until she bleeds Mm -hmm. Her children were never really there, but this spooky magic crow was oh, there. It was really gross. Um, it's gross as fuck, and it's creepy. It's sad, too. 
Like, it is sad. You it's the sad mother's... because it's like, yeah, it's... It, it, are we supposed to think that she's wrong for, like, wanting to believe that her children's ghosts are, like, there? I mean, I guess that's bad and she deserves to be eternally damned for that. <laughs> I don't know. This movie... This movie's weird. No, I, weird. I mean, I think the way you're supposed to watch this movie is they're, like the evil and the punishment like there's not a sense of morality to it right it's just, i know like, but that's just, tough for me yeah it's tough for me to watch a movie where people are just experiencing horrific things and they don't deserve it and well, like because that's like reality and who wants I know. that like i don't I, I go to the movies to escape that and especially horror movies usually have an internal logic where it's like okay like no one deserves this but like you know this good character will get out of it or whatever but this yeah. movie is not that way and especially since we've just had a scene of this of the mother with caleb like a kind scene with her where we kind of like learn more about her deal. Yeah. Um, and then we see this and we're like, wow, she's fucked. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's to tough. use like a mother's love for her children that she lost as like a way of tempting her into. Yeah. Evil, it's just so and, like a fuck. way of being like, this is why she's so horrible to Thomason because I, she's like yeah. jealous of her. And that kind of comes out of nowhere in my it opinion. It does. It really does. Um, it's not set up at all. But, so, but anyway, that's that's a scene from now. Um, yeah. For the moment, the mother doesn't really have that many flaws other than being like shitty to Thomason. But yeah. even that, I feel like, is kind of pardoned by the fact that she lost a kid so early on in this movie. And we don't really see what she's like before that. Yeah. So it's like kind of hard to extrapolate what her deal is. Right. And we know. don't see anyway. a lot of her relationship with Thomason pre-Sam. We don't. Yeah. yeah. So we so. really can't say like, okay, like how bad were things with this family before they moved to this crazy cabin? Like, were right. they fine before? Like, is well, this all the dad's fault? It seems yeah. like a lot of it is his fault. Well, Thomason's like conversation in the woods with Caleb seems to imply that there's a time where the dad joked around more and there's a little, there's more like happiness in the home back in England. Yeah, so. but then, like, I don't know, something happened. Maybe religion is what's the problem, according to the director of this movie anyway. I don't know. Eh, whatever. Anyway, so... Uh, dad wakes up. We're near the end. We're in the home stretch. Getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> the dad wakes up, uh, and it's just like, he gets out of bed, and we see the mom's um, breast is bleeding under her. But she clothes. is still alive. Yeah, and just, just I don't know, even know, I didn't know how to read her face there. It it's just, a creepy face, I felt like. It's just kind of blank, or... Opens her eyes, and it's, like, blank, but, like, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. Creepy. No. Yeah, <laughs> just generally creepy. Um, And Dad goes outside. He takes a sweet time getting out there, too, for, like... He does. But also, he did lock his children in a ram in the shed overnight. That's so true. Good point. He oh. is not. he's not necessarily excited about heading out there and seeing what's up. We forgot a scene. When the mom is, is getting pecked... Um, mm -hmm. there's Raven pecked. Yeah, there's also the. Oh, kids. you're right. You're right. The kids in the bar in the shed overnight. Yeah, Thomason and the kids have a brief conversation where Thomason's like, "Did you? Are you guys witches?" And they're like, "No, are you a witch?" And she's like, "No." They actually don't say no. Oh, the twins don't. They don't. Oh. Um, I I think maybe I'm trying to remember if they shake their heads, but I know that the little boy twin says, "Does Dad think 
I'm a witch. Like he like turns it back around on her. And I was like, these kids are fucking witches. You are witches, assholes. (laughs) Yeah. But like they kind of, they kind of dodge the question in a weird way. But I, I mean, they might say no and I'm forgetting it, but they don't. But the final question is Thomas and saying, do you really talk? Does Black Phillip really talk to you? And they don't answer. Yes. So that was creepy. So later, and then later that night, there's like a rustling in the shed and it sounds like something lands on top of it and mm-hmm. then falls into it. Um, but we can't really see for shit. Um, and then there's like something going on with one of the goats. Yeah. And it's like a creepy shot. So all the kids wake up. I think the twins are already awake and then Thomason wakes up. Yeah. Which is creepy. The twins don't need sleep. They're witches. Sure. Um, and Thomason like turns around and sees and you like can't really make out in the dark what's happening, but it looks like the goat is like too big somehow. And then you realize it's because there's like a crouching naked body in front of it. And this isn't Black Phillip. This is the other goat. Um, yeah, just an female goat, goat, a female goat um, who Thomason was milking earlier and blood came out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, it's a witch it's the witch the crone version of the witch crouched in front of this goat yeah. drinking from her udder Ugh. and it's fucking weird and yeah. gross and then the witch turns around suddenly and goes Wah! that was kind of a silly sound <laughs> it's like hilarious all of a sudden yeah there's like a weird moment where the movie is suddenly hilarious yeah for a split second yeah, because it's just this old lady being like, wah! Like, it's, she's literally going, wah! I'm not <laughs> actually exaggerating or altering at all what it sounds like. But the, I mean, the kids are screaming, so that part's scary, but her herself isn't very, you know. I don't know why she makes a sound. I don't I know. I feel like it's weird, but I also like, maybe it's supposed to be kind of funny. I don't think so. This This movie doesn't seem to have a sense of humor. You're right, but it's really weird. It is weird. I laughed both times I saw that moment because it's like so weird that it's almost like, I don't know, like such a, it's like one of those relief tone shifts that happens in a horror movie where you finally see the horrific thing. Right. And it's like almost a relief to see it. But I don't think it was intentional. Yeah. But I mean, we've already seen the witch before. It's just like you finally see her turn around and you see her witchy big nose thing because she has a huge witch nose. Sure. She's just, you know, doing her witchy business. Yeah. But we don't see the full extent of that witchy business until the next day when dad wakes up and, and walks out to the shed. And the shed's like destroyed, I think. Yeah. It's the boards have all been ripped off and the goat... The goats are dead, not Black Phillip, but the white goat has been torn in half, I think. Yeah, they're like all mutilated and stuff. It's fucked up looking, but Thomason is just lying on the ground, looking fine, asleep. Of course, and the twins are nowhere to be seen. Yes, the twins are gone now. We never Mm -hmm. see them again. No. That's another reason why I was like, the twins have got to have already been enlisted with Satan, because we never see them die and we don't see their bodies. So they're safe as far as Satan's concerned. See, my the first time I watched this movie, my assumption is, oh, the twins are dead and they're just going to get crushed up and fed on like the baby or something. But then the second time I watched this movie, I'm like, maybe the twins like go be witches, you know? I think they do. I don't know. I mean, we don't see them later. Right. That would, but, I mean, that would be cool though. Oh, I mean, watching this the second time, I realized like how early on the twins are singing the Black Phillip songs. Like and, right like, away. Yeah. Like instantly. And I was like, the twins are evil the whole time. Yeah. Like what? That's so, it's such a weird way for this movie to be set up. It is. It is. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. So the dad is just like staring at her like, what the fuck? And Thomason looks around and like panics and it's like, and again, is like, now I'm being framed for this goat murder. Plus the twins are gone. <laughs> this goat murder. I, it's like yet another scenario where Thomason did nothing wrong. Right. And like murders are just happening around her and she's like waking up in the wrong spot again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is intentionally it's... being orchestrated by witch slash devil. Yeah. 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 Um, and we like get that by now. We're like, oh, poor Thomason, you know, <laughs> yep. again. So the Pretty dad's much. like distracted looking at this grisly scene. And then all of a sudden, Black, Black Phillip, fucking Phillip out of nowhere um, comes and just like gets him in the like uh, ramps for the him. stomach. Yeah. Like, Gores him through the stomach. One hit, the dad's already looking really bad. He's, he's blood's <laughs> he's coming out of his mouth. Dead. But then he says, corruption, thou art my father. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that was like a really last minute damnation to sneak in there. But all right, dad, I guess you're damned too. Like, well, there was an interesting moment where he picks up the axe as if he wants yes. to fight it back. And then he throws the axe aside and says that line. Is he like, well, fuck, I deserve to die? Like... I think so because oh we skipped another scene. I mean it's not super important. Oh, where he's begging for forgiveness. Yeah, I mean each of the characters has many scenes where they're begging for forgiveness from God. Big theme, big theme. But the dad has one, and I think it's like after Caleb's death, and when Thomason is in the shed, and she's like listening in on the conversation, and he is like, "All of this is my fault. I'm realizing that now. Don't hurt my children, God. Just hurt me. I." I was a coward, but I'm just going to take it now. Go ahead and kill me, but mm-hmm. please let them be safe and let my family be safe. Yeah. And and God is like, nah, honestly, nah, that wasn't what I had in mind. Uh, like, no, like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. That's like not available. <laughs> send a voicemail. <laughs> um. So like, I think he kind of accepts in that moment. He's like, God is killing me in the form of this goat. Or Satan is killing me, whichever. Yeah. And I need to just accept this and then my family will be safe. But he doesn't say that. He instead says, corruption, thou art my father. But I guess it's like him accepting that he is damned and that he is prideful and that he's like a corrupt person. Yeah, there's definitely some kind of acceptance going on there. Yeah. Um, So then he falls down and gets gored again and then gets showered in a pile of his own wood because he like knocks into a pile of wood as he's dying <laughs> yes. and it's like a metaphor for his pride because he was chopping too much wood guys you know <laughs> I don't know I, well, as far as like top prideful activities I'm gonna say chopping wood is at the top I mean it is I mean he made that huge stack it's like that's something to be proud of for it's like sure. chill the fuck out dude yeah. like how much wood do you even need Right. anyway Anyway, um, important lesson, I think, in the movie. So then Thomason gets up and the mom comes out and sees that her husband's dead. Shit, yeah. And everything's shit. Black Phillip, like, pieces out for a bit. Yeah, he just goes to, like, the background, like, all right, I did my thing. Let me see He's this. He's like, I killed the person I wanted to kill for now. Yeah. Thomason can take it from here, he says. Yeah, he goes out um, for a little smoke. Yeah. And then the mom starts, like beating thomason and screaming at her and being like you know you caused all this to happen this is all your fault because from her vantage point 
that seems true. Right. And then this is also when we have our like fourth act reveal that the mom was jealous of Thomason's sexuality this whole time. Yeah. She was like, I've which like you don't think I saw your your witchery or your crap. Your, you slut. Yeah. Your slutton ways. Like drawing your brother's around eyes and your brother to you. yeah. and intentionally drawing his eyes to you and your father too. And like that yeah. wasn't set up. And I was no. like, this is like a weird turn. You're you're adding a major characterization slash like character motivation very late in the game. And this is like the last five, ten minutes of the movie, guys. Yeah. Like, this is a final act reveal that we're being told this. It's so um, weird. It's a really weird choice. It's a lot. And it's it's a lot considering that I feel like the mom has had like a fairly interesting arc before now, but then this is kind of tacked in there. And, and it I'm makes like, her much less sympathetic. It does because it's like weird and crazy and it's like, all right, okay, women pitted against each other, am I right? Misogyny, okay. But I don't really feel like I don't really feel like Eggers is like nailing it in no. terms of the depiction. No. Anyway, no way. Um so Thomason is like trying to fight this off. But her mother, like, keeps beating her. But it doesn't seem like it's going to come to her mother killing her, but it could. And um, so Thomason grabs this trowel and sort of, like, hits her mother in the head once. Yeah. To sort of, like, um, stop it from happening. And interestingly, like, right before that happens, Thomason is screaming, I love you. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, that was it's crazy. Creepy. Like, no, I love, it's like, I love you. Because it's, like, to the last moment, Thomason yeah. is still trying to be a good, dutiful daughter. It's, and, like, it was basically not defending herself until the last second. Yeah. And, like, kind of by accident. Yeah, like, she hits her mother once with this trowel. And the mom gets re- even more mad. Like, there's sort of a pause, and the mother's face is bleeding. Yeah. Um, And then she starts choking her daughter. Yeah. Thomason's, like, losing air. She's not <laughs> doing good. And then and Thomason, then yeah. stabs her mom with the trowel repeatedly until her mom dies. Yeah. Was and it it's repeatedly, really or is sad. it one thing? It's repeatedly. Oh. Ooh. But she's, like, yeah. crying, and she looks but agonized, she's crying, and she yeah. doesn't want to do she, it. I mean, yeah. It sucks. I mean, it's like, this is... The only way, I guess, for her to survive. I and mean, afterwards, I she holds her mother's body to her, like, and God. cries. It's really And then awful. she, like, gets up and doesn't, like, look good. No. <laughs> like, relieved. Like, again, this is not really a triumph for her. No. Um, She sort of stares off into space. She's covered in blood. Her dad's body is in the background yeah, also in that wood. shot. And then there's a cut to what she's looking at, and it's Caleb's grave. Ugh, um, yeah. And that's a long shot. And then she goes inside mm-hmm. the house, and she unbuttons her uh, corset thing. thing yeah, she's bustier. got, like, a dress over her, like, white shift that looks like a little nightgowny thing yeah and so she takes off the the bindings essentially which very is very slowly symbolic i think it's yeah. like oh she's like taking off this like you know oppressive garment yeah um and then putting it on the floor and just puts a blanket around herself and like puts her head down on the kitchen table and- this was the part in the movie where i'm like god that is terrifying for like she is will die she's out in the middle of nowhere it's completely dark her whole family's dead if she goes for help they'll assume she killed them and if she like just does nothing she'll die um it's really it's that part's really scary but i don't think necessarily like in the way they intended it to be i don't know yeah it's it's scary how few options she has yes (laughs) 
<laughs> right. She has literally one option. Right. And so we're I'm not about to see her take it. And I'm not like pumping my fist like, yeah, girl, you showed them. She didn't choose no, to kill anybody. This is not like a triumphant. I mean, it's not like the end of Alien no. or like the end of Get Out or no. like yeah. any number of other horror movies where you see the character triumph over like a horrifying evil that's, re- that's <laughs> like, representative those of some are kind of... the movies that have the kind of catharsis that i was describing at the beginning of this where exactly. you're kind of like thank god this character is gonna be okay <laughs> and in both those movies i mean the bad guy or the villain or whatever you want to say they are representative of a larger idea of like some intangible a systemic form. oppression yeah exactly and i think they like tried to ascribe that to the witch and it just doesn't work it doesn't because, I mean, the witch has been setting Thomas up the entire time for what's about to happen next, or at least that's my interpretation, and it's hard for me to, like, not see it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we talked about this. She has little to no sense of agency throughout the entire movie, and that follows through in the ending. Yes. So that that's that's what happens it, next is that um, At night. she walks out, she wakes up or, or whatever, gets up from the table now that it's nighttime mm-hmm. and she picks up this lantern and she walks out to the shed again mm-hmm. and black Philip is chilling there waiting for her Yeah, and he goes in first and then she follows him and then there's, I mean, this is some cool cinematography, like they show the, sure. the leg of the goat and then yeah. it becomes like this beautiful pirate boot stomping and you're like, oh, black Philip's like becoming a man, Yeah, but it's very subtly done mm-hmm. um and, and like not really super lit and so it's like very no, like you can't ooh. quite see him yeah but like before that i think she's like you know black philip i invoke you to to speak to me and and then he like turns into a man but and, i um, think it was a really good choice not to show the goat when he was speaking oh, i think that would be very silly. i totally agree but yeah. also i don't know i i mean i think that this movie looks good i've said that many times and the goat looks cool the shots of the goat yeah anyway um so they show this guy who's played by this beautiful male model um and he's satan guys it's satan honestly though i I think it's accurate that satan would be mega hot he is mega hot but you can't quite see him yeah it's very effective yeah so anyway he he sort of He's like, there's a book on the table before you. And there is a book there. And um, I guess there's a table in the shed now. Black Philip got a table in there. Black Philip was, <laughs> while he while she was sleeping, he was out like building a little furniture and like yeah. getting her set he up. Turned into, he turned into his man form. He built the table. He turned back into a goat. Yeah. Got some Offer Ikea. dramatic effect. <laughs> um, and so then she looks at the book and I don't remember how this goes, but he's like, Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Wouldst thou like a pretty dress? Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? Because, like, Puritans wouldn't even have cake on special occasions. Like, it wasn't even allowed. But even eating rich foods was considered too much, too fun. to travel the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I commented to Maddie that this seemed out of nowhere. Like, trying to to tempt Thomason with luxuries. Because it's like... Her problem the whole time has just been totally like being really overwhelmed and trying to do her best and just getting shit on. So I feel like what you would tempt her with is like acceptance or like independence or being able to make her own choices. And so it seems really weird. It's like, don't you want a pretty dress? Like, where did that even come from? It's a lot to just kind of extrapolate that she would want these things. Um and I mean, do you want to see the world? I think that's maybe closer to what Thomason might want, but I don't know. I mean, she mostly seems to yeah. want to go back to England. Like, that's the right, most we right. really get. 
I don't know. Anyway, so I guess she wants those things or she realizes she has no other options. Yeah. So he walks up behind her and he's like, disrobe then. And he takes off her dress and she's like crying during this part, which I found a lot weirder the second time I watched this. Yeah. I didn't notice that the first time either. Then Maddie told me. and It's creepy. And like, it's mostly creepy because I'm just like, I don't feel like this movie is sticking the landing in terms of whether Thomason really wants this. Are those happy tears? Is she getting naked for the devil in like a cool, fun way? No, I don't read that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, what else is she supposed to do? Right. It's like a non-consensual witch signing. And I mean, so, okay. And then she signs the book. Um, She doesn't know how to write her name. So he's like, I'll guide your hand, all sexy style. Um, And then the next thing we see is naked Thomason's butt walking into the woods. Her disembodied butt. Yes. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's a cool shot. I mean, the next sequence of shots is very cool. She's and Black slowly, Phillip is like following her yeah, a little behind. In his goat form. Yeah. Um, and then they walk and walk in the woods and there's this escalating chorus of like female voices that are like sort of screaming, but singing in an eerie way and yeah. it's getting louder and louder. And eventually we see like Black Phillip goes ahead of her and he's sitting next to this fire and there's all these women who are also naked who are like grinding around this fire and they've got these poles. Yeah. Um and I, I think they're supposed to be like broomsticks, I guess. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, the sticks didn't need to have brooms at the end of them. I don't know. Anyway, they have these handles yeah. that they're like grinding on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Thomason like sort of half smiles and like keeps walking towards them and is like intrigued by it. And then she sort of joins the circle and there's no talking. There's no more dialogue for this. And she stands sort of close to the fire, but not quite in the circle yet. And then all of a sudden these other women start rising in the air, mm-hmm. but not in like a controlled flight way, more in just yeah. like a creepy floating, rotating way where they're like yeah. turning around in the air and it's like creepy. And yeah, as Thomason... if they're being like dangled or hung by something. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Thomason also starts floating in the air. And at first we're just seeing her face. And then we notice the background behind her is moving. And she starts smiling and like laughing, but like hysterically laughing. Yeah. It's like out of control laughing. Yeah. She's like laughing harder than you would <laughs> at anything. We're ever. like, chill girl. Laughing like, like toy plane level laughing. <laughs> and she outstretched her arms in like a classic crucified Jesus pose and we sort of pan out and see her in front of this tree and she's like floating way higher than any of the other witches and we like see her up there and I think the final shot is like her laughing yeah and then it cuts to black credits yeah so empowering feminism Uh, no well I was telling Maddie too like if it's supposed to be like oh she's joining like the divine feminine none of the other witches like look at her or say like it's not like she's joining like a cool witch family where they're like hey what's up we're all here to kill babies yeah this is where we do fuck men and like whatever you know I mean here's your here's your broom here's your cloak Here's your here's your rabbit friend. Yeah. Here's your introductory dead baby. <laughs> <laughs> like none of that. So 
even that is like, well, shit. Like, I, yeah, you know. and like we were joking that this movie isn't gay at all, and I was like. Cause I, cause I always try to make every movie we watch gay in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a lot easier with Ex Machina, by the way. That's like a very le- lesbian friendly movie. Um, and I end. could maybe gay friendly. Maybe. We'll yes, yeah. maybe. I'm sure there's fan fiction on both ends. Uh, sure. So that movie we'll get to next week. But this movie, I was like, oh, maybe the lesbi- lesbian witches is like more gay than I remember. But, but it's not. They're not lesbian witches, guys. No, um, there's no like makeouts or like... You they're know. not interacting with one another in any no, way. No, it's they're, a very yeah worshiping in almost an individual way. It's like every right. witch has her own thing going on and isn't acknowledging the other women around her. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a it's a weird portrayal of witches. Yeah, which um, is supposed to be like a like part of the fear is like communal women yeah, like is hanging like, out. It's also like the fear is like women who have power, and we don't yeah. really see that either. Like not really, yeah. I mean, I read a bunch of like feminist analysis of this movie because I was like really really trying to get it and I yeah. I feel like I just unfortunately don't agree with a lot of the extrapolations being made and it's par- it's mostly because this movie just doesn't include enough classic witch stuff where it's yeah. like witches working together is is scary and like that make that, that's what makes them more powerful is the idea of women actually figuring out that if they work together they could like overcome more obstacles etc cetera, etc cetera. like that's right. terrifying to the patriarchy inherently and like mm-hmm. You know, I that's not really what we're seeing here. Thomasine Thomasine doesn't really have any female peers. She obviously doesn't get along with her mom or Mercy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's it. The movie is weird. And I I tried, guys, but I didn't get it. Yeah, I I tried to. And I like I guess the only way I can kind of give this movie some credit is if it was intended just to be a straightforward, depressing as hell like it doesn't matter what you do everybody dies yeah kind of twist on a horror movie where everything you see is what happens and whatever so that way i could even i could say like well technically it's good but that's not my kind of thing mm-hmm. but if you if you try to like talk to me about like taking feminist themes from it or like the symbolic nature of religion and or anything like that like i can't follow you there i, I don't see enough like support for that yeah, and I, I actually feel like the strongest argument, overarching argument for this is the one that we made at the very beginning, which is just like, this is a Calvinist horror story. Yeah. Like, it, nothing you do matters. You can try to be forgiven, but it won't matter. Yeah. Um, if you're destined to become a witch, you'll become one. Like, yeah. everyone knew this before Thomason, and they were right. Yeah. And there was absolutely nothing she could do. And her entire life, along with every other character's life, was completely devoid of choice. And uh-huh. that's a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, but not in the not in the way not that... in an empowering way. It's like the no. opposite of empowering. It's not in what a I sense. like about scary movies. Um, but I mean, I guess if I just wanted to extrapolate a lot, I could be like, well, Thomason kind of embodies the idea of you know, if everybody says that women are terrible then i guess i'll just like go ahead and do the thing that everyone yeah she doesn't even choose it though but she doesn't really firmly choose it and i feel like that argument is actually like a pretty complicated feminist argument that yeah requires a lot more thought to say and like i think that it's something that other feminist work has like tried to navigate like the idea of like you know women being evil and like 
you know, we've, we've mentioned Gone Girl in passing and maybe we'll do it on this show someday. Just like the idea of like having like a really awful female character and like what that would mean. I think that we're going to do be... it. We're going to do it with, um, uh, hard candy. Yeah. We, we might, maybe we'll do that after we finish this. Well, we got a lot of votes for that one too. Yeah. And like, yeah. I know people are interested in that and I think Gone Girl absolutely has things that are worth criticizing, but like, I don't know. It's got a firmer, more internally consistent take than this movie where I'm yes. like, okay, yeah. so witches are evil. Femininity is evil. Like, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know that I want to go there with you. Yeah. I don't want to go to those woods with you, man. I'm, yeah. So anyway, um, for Ex Machina next week, yeah, I think that that is a take that a lot of people had on that movie too when they saw it is that they were like, is this movie just saying that women are inherently untrustworthy and evil and bad and that is not my take on that movie nor mine um so spoilers for that app i guess but (laughs) i think that that movie takes a lot of the themes that are present in the witch and does them in a more clever way yes Um, and i think it is not helped by the fact that i saw ex machina before i saw the witch i swapped Mm -hmm. it for this but I saw Ex Machina first. I really enjoyed it. I, it's not without its problems, and we'll get to them, but um, there's things in it that I really enjoyed. And then when before I saw The Witch, people were like, oh, it's like Ex Machina, but fantasy and witches, and it's Puritans, ah, and it's like Ex that's Machina. That's interesting. That's interesting and I was that was like, linked for you. Well, because they have sort of similar endings-ish. Yeah. So Ish. I was like, oh, so it's going to be about a woman who is a witch and then like find some way to overcome or change that dynamic. That'll be interesting to see. And that's almost what movie it is. Yeah. But it's not that. No, it's not that. But yeah, Ex Machina is about sex robots. Um, Sort of like witches. (laughs) You know how witch is kind of like a sex robot? It's similar. I mean, they're both about like, you know, women's sexuality being dangerous. I mean, yeah. these movies have a lot of similarities. Well, I and think. like and like the evil sex bot is like a fear of like a submissive women woman like turning against yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I mean is is kind of where the fear of where witches came from is like women who were supposed to be submissive in society and young women getting you know, possessed yeah. right and becoming more powerful um mm-hmm. so i i think there's a lot of going against their programming if you will oh, their conditioning shit. their social conditioning oh man so deep so important i'm excited to watch ex mahina again i haven't seen i i can't remember which one i saw first but i definitely haven't seen it in a while so I, and i've only seen it once so it'll be fun ex machina is also a very very slow thoughtful movie yeah, but in a way, I enjoyed more. But I, I mean, it's basically like the version that I of this movie that I wanted. Like, yeah, no, I, I hear you. And and it's, I swear, I'm not just saying that because I'm really into robots. I'm I'm into witches too, and I I wish yeah. this movie was just like a little bit more coherent in what it's trying to give Thomason. Yeah, and yeah, anyway, I hear you. I hear hopefully, you. Hopefully, people won't be too disappointed that we weren't super into it. Yeah, well, you know, we we have to have our downward spiral sometime. If you hated what we had to say, please send us a one sentence critique. Yeah, at I, let's yeah. watch two movies at gmail dot com. You only get one sentence, and no, like it can't be a what do you call them when people a run on sentence? It has to nope. be grammatically. It's got to be grammatically correct, and yeah, yeah. And also, if you liked it, you get if you, to talk if you as long like as you us, you can send us as long of an email as you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can also tweet at us. I'm at Mitty Myers, and I'm at Mary Ellen Murr. And we have a Twitter account for our podcast, which is Let's Watch Two. 
I've been trying to keep up with it. So like, let me know if Mm -hmm. you guys. And we made a couple of videos and we, you made a couple of videos. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you edit all the audio, so. Yeah, but I didn't make the video. It's time I stepped up and did some. (laughs) Mary Ellen's made some amazing videos featuring funny excerpts of our podcast and i hope people will check those out you can go to yeah. watch to twitter and find them there and if people have like suggestions for stuff they'd like to see made into videos i think that would be fun i'd be happy it would, to absolutely. try to do that yeah yeah we invite that um you yeah. can tweet or email us whatever and you can send us fan art we love that um oh, yeah. so thanks for listening and yes our first our uh, hopefully this went well our very first long distance ep yeah i think, yeah. I think it did i thought you know hopefully i think so yeah Fingers crossed that we didn't just screw up recording all of that oh you know what i actually i haven't been recording this whole time <laughs> <laughs> cool oh uh, the prestige the prestige <laughs> spits right. out an apple anyway until next time We'll We'll be be watching watching two movies. movies. So much harder to do that when we're not in person. Because I have no idea when you're going to say it. I'm sorry. We did it. We did it. We did it. Follow us at AtomicBlueProductions.com or support us at Patreon.com slash AtomicBlueProductions.